digging the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast with LD, Will the Thrill, and TJ2. Hey guys, welcome to Rock and Roll Heaven, the podcast where we talk about the lives, careers, and deaths of famous musicians. I am your host, LD, along with me for the ride, as always, is Will the Thrill. Greetings and salutations. And we have TJ2, the deuce. Nice. That one was good. What were, What are you drinking, Mr. Will the Thrill? Well, I've been feeling a bit nostalgic lately. I think that's due in part to this uh, episode that we're doing tonight. This kind of off-the-cuff one. But uh, I'm going with the classic Captain Morgan and Coke. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, how about you, Mr. Deuce? Deuce, what are you drinking? <laughs> Still, still drinking? Is still drinking? Is what's happening here? Woo! That's drinking <laughs> name, there it is. No, what? that's uh, I. Uh, this is a lime short of being a handsome Johnny. So I guess te- technically it's just vodka and ginger ale. All right. Okay. Fair enough. So the crack was the ginger ale. The crack was the ginger ale, and oh. then uh, that wasn't. Act- I didn't actually just pee for our audience to hear. I was that was me pouring <laughs> the. Uh, Pouring the ginger ale in. And then for anybody that's uh, wondering, I'm actually drinking Canada Dry. Oh, you so. got to slow down. <laughs> I know. I might I might be up for hours. A Seagram's for me, but whatever. Um, to each their own. So uh, tonight is a little bit different. Number one, we're recording at like 8 o'clock on a Tuesday. <laughs> Which we have done before. <laughs> Which we've done before. But here's the thing. This episode is going to be lightly edited because uh, I just don't have the time so if you hear like weird breaks or anything else just uh if, yeah if, if ld has gas it is a looser episode than we normally do and uh if we curse if we curse more than usual yeah let's just go ahead and say this is probably not the episode to a start with or b <laughs> Have the kids around. Oh, so, or end with. Uh, give us another chance. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Please, please don't judge the, this just whole don't, just, don't let this be our nadir. Yeah. <laughs> because one, because one, uh, Will and I are drinking. Two, it's after 11 o'clock where I live. <laughs> I got up at like five o'clock this morning. I'm already punchy. But, but, but to be fair, those factors have been in play before with our scripted episodes. So this is going to be interesting. Yes, this, is yes. Going to be, this will be great. So let's explain the reason why we're doing an off-the-cuff episode. Number one, we've actually had a couple people ask for us to do this. And so we... Wait, they wanted this? They wanted. Some people just wanted this. And so I was inclined to acquiesce their request. See, look, I can use fancy words too. The other thing is that uh, yes, you're quite the uh, quite the cunning linguist there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> woo. Anyway, uh, Travis has also been working overtime as well, and so uh, I know he's had a rough time with his schedule. And then, Mister Will the Thrill, do you want to tell the people why? We're late. I'm going to give my reason why I'm late on this episode. You mean the recording of this episode? Wait, or- yes. wait a minute. Hold on. You're going to tell us why you're late? Am I going to be an uncle? No. No, no. No, no. <laughs> you have three cat nephews and nieces. That's all you get. That's what you get. Okay. I, I am confused. You said you were late. I just I'm trying to put two and two together there. Well, no. Uh, Will's late. 
And that's uh that's that's because he's on birth control. It's time I told you. <laughs> no, uh it just uh this was a Jim Kirchy is a heavier episode than he actually thought it was gonna be. So Yeah, there is so much there. And the pressure for me comes from the fact that I really, really like Jim Croce. He is I mean, if you think about my musical tastes, they all kind of splinter from Croce. Yeah. And the episode is gonna reflect that. So I've gone back to the well of books and interviews and there's so much there and um what i'm hoping we launch with is going to be something that you'll all be happy with so and, that's my excuse and i am in the heat of the american idol auditions i'm gonna say the moment no I'm, no you're not Asia. stop it we actually have uh, we actually have american idol auditions roughly one every two days and so it's just really hard to schedule around because we've got Saturdays and Wednesdays and Mondays and Thursdays and it's, it's nuts here. So about the 23rd, it'll calm down. And I think I'll only have like 13 jobs after that. So, you know, things will level out. So I think what we need to do to get this ball rolling. Well, is we this also feels to me like a, a bit of an homage to uh, the great Dave Letterman. This episode is, is basically like letters. Oh, we get letters. <laughs> We get your letters every day. I view it as when SNL does the questions from the audience, because like they just need something to put up there. Oh god, yeah, yeah, this, no. is, but this is like a this is like an hour long edition of David Letterman's viewer mail, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and you want to know something funny is I worked on SNL for a couple years, and I was always curious about like why they did questions for the audience. So one day I asked one of the casting producers on the show, and they're like. Oh, they do that if the person isn't that funny. <laughs> <laughs> Call it like it is. Yeah. So I don't oh, know. If that's, I don't know if that was a jab or just an inside track thing. So don't quote me on that. Now we we had discussed this before the episode of uh, musicians we've lost, and the big one was of course Charlie Watts passed away, and that's oh, yeah. uh, that is downright horrible. But the other one was also Don Everly. We yeah, lost that's, Don. That's Everly. the other one. Yeah, that's yeah. Since yeah. we we. We do this whether we're doing a scripted episode or not. You know, mention people who passed recently. That's boy, that's two big ones because you know, Charlie Charlie was not um, a super flashy guy off the stage, a, a very attention grabbing guy. But if you think about it, but a he played drums and laid down the beat for some of the most seminal, wonderful, iconic rock songs ever recorded. He also, I did, I did not know this until until very recently, designed some of their album covers and did most of their stage decoration. I had actually heard that. I had heard he was highly involved, at least with the stage deck. I did not know about the album covers. Yeah. But uh, let's be honest. If you're standing next to Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, the lightning's not going to strike you. I mean, <laughs> come right. on. Oh, yeah. No, no offense to Charlie, but let's be honest. Those are two rather... Um, large personalities hey spoiler Extremely alert that is not large. the only time that uh, mick jagger will be brought up today and, and his large personality <laughs> oh boy so um <laughs> so last week we put out kind of a call to our audience and a lot of people answered so i want to thank folks like the yeah uh -huh podcast eric storm uh we got uh nick is it nick weiner yeah, uh, okay. Then we also want to thank Bridget Butler uh, Schlack. Mm -hmm. I think that's how you say her name. I do apologize if I'm butchering your name, guys. I do apologize. I'm the worst person. So oh. the, the thing is, 
because occasionally we just think of things on the fly. I actually kind of want to make this sort of either a once a month thing or possibly a Patreon thing where we just come back and talk. So if we don't talk about what you sent us, please understand it well, is now on a list. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and the thing is, is we, we really without giving anybody any boundaries or specifications said, Hey, got any questions or topics for us? Just pitch them at us. Not telling people like, Hey, you know, we're going to do like an hour, hour and a half episode and we'll deal with, short little subjects or answer any questions you have some, some people gave us ideas for what would basically qualify as heavy hitter series well oh, eric, absolutely. eric actually that would require up, some that would that would require some some actual research on our part well eric actually broke bro, brought up rico Kasich, who yeah, is, i would love to i would love to do one on yeah and that's that's gonna that's gonna happen you know george harrison which i believe that, you that's know, mine that's, guys gotta give it up that's to me. totally fine but then uh you know like songs that ripped off other songs great thing but like it's such a hard deep dive for us and then of course i you know we're going to be doing you know bridget brought up doing producers and i actually wanted to do a, a series on people in the music industry that aren't singers so like wolfman jack or you know other producers and mixers engineers uh studio musicians that people you know, might even know their name, but like, I want to shed a light on some of these people that really don't ever get talked about. So like some of these things are like series within themselves. So you guys went above and beyond with some of the stuff and we are definitely, definitely going to do some deep dives. And of course the piece de resistance was the fact that someone was like, you should do conspiracies. And I'm like, <laughs> hold my ginger ale. <laughs> I will be doing this later. <laughs> now, 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 two points here to bring up. One, LD, I'm pretty sure you've mentioned Wolfman Jack before, and he was a, a potential subject, no? Yes, I yeah. actually have a book on the shelf. Yeah. Uh, and that is a reminder, guys, that we will be doing another Rock and Roll Heaven draft because this one uh -oh. was so, so exciting. So here's the deal. We are going to have a list of 40 contenders. 20 that are going to come from me and fingers crossed 20 that are coming from you guys. So after this episode goes up, we're going to post on YouTube or sorry, no, we're going to post on Facebook. And then you guys under that one post, please throw in your choices. I was going to say, I think, I think we can go ahead and mark George Harrison down and probably Rick Ocasek because those are ones people already pitched and, out in the course of giving us ideas for this episode. And actually, Elvis and Prince, those two have to be done next year. Yeah. Well, in all fairness to Elvis, he was bumped for a very current and hard-hitting heavy hitter that was very, you know, close to you, TJ. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We, were, we were, we, we, for those who didn't hear our draft last year, I actually picked Elvis. Yes, but you did. The way that LD structured it, it was you can make one audible, i.e. if someone noteworthy passes around the time or, or after we did the draft but before we started we could change one of our topics and unfortunately eddie van halen passed away i guess about a month after we recorded uh that oh. draft so i did sub him out for elvis but yes yeah, so elvis will definitely be done um ld apparently found some out of print book on print so he's probably gonna be taken i would imagine yep and to be fair i think in the rules of the draft it is decreed that you can call an audible you I can believe it is one single yes. audible, one audible, yep. one audible. So, and I, I'm the only person to take advantage of that so far. But anyway, yeah, guys, absolutely, please 
pitch that out in any ideas you might have for uh, heavy hitter contenders for us to possibly draft for next year, just uh, send them to us. Yep. We would love to see them. Yep. And, and my second point that I was going to bring up before we dive in here was that one of the listeners brought up Badfinger, which has actually been brought up before. Several times. By Christine, actually. if you remember. Yes, actually several times. Christine, yes, she was she was the one that kind of spearheaded all Badfinger. Mm-hmm. And then I've gotten several Twitter messages about Badfinger, and then people have private messaged me on my own Facebook, like, you guys should cover Badfinger. And I'm like, all right, all right, the time has come. I mean, there is so much tragedy there. I wouldn't even know where to start. It's yes. just, oh, yes. wow. All right. Well, now with all that out of the way, so, you know, uh, we we wanted to kind of touch on a couple of what you guys had sent us. So the first thing that we wanted to talk about, because it was this was in the Twitter verse and a lot of my musical friends have a lot to say about this particular subject, which is that the Nirvana baby hmm. is now suing. So just to give you guys some context, the album Nirvana's Nevermind had a picture of a baby in a pool and it was Naked. swimming toward a dollar bill. And mm-hmm. you can see his little, you know, new, new, hoo-ha, whatever you want to call it. New, and, new, hoo-ha. And now, now he is engaged in a child pornography suit because apparently he was only four months old when he was photographed by a family friend drifting naked in a pool in 1991 and in the decades that followed and his name is spencer elder for those who don't know uh, he has celebrated his part in that classic cover yeah, he celebrated his part anyway, oh, he was recreated well, I mean, it was on an album cover yeah okay so he recreated that exact moment for the 10th anniversary the 17th anniversary, the 20th anniversary, and the 25th anniversary of the album's release, though he wasn't naked. No, he so, didn't show his, what did you call it? Ooha, new, new, Yes. So he, something. He, has, he has filed a federal lawsuit against the estate of Kurt Cobain, Dave Grohl, and Chris uh, Novoselic, mm. and Courtney Love, which, okay, cool. So I guess I guess I guess she's the executor of Kurt's estate, probably. Well, I think she is. But it actually mentions Kurt's estate along with Courtney uh, Love as like a secondary party, I guess. And then I think the photo- the photographer's mentioned in it too. I be- is named in that suit, I think. Well, it was taken by a family friend. So I'm not really yeah. sure. But they're saying that Nevermind profited from his naked image because it's one of the best selling records of of all time with 30 million copies sold worldwide. Correct. So hey, nobody bought nobody bought it because of your new new ooha waliwa. Yep, yep. So if, if, if Van Halen three, if Van Halen three had had your pecker on the front of it, it would have still have been bad and not sold well. <laughs> <laughs> that album could not be saved. If you guys want to uh, truly understand the depths of my brother's disdain for Van Halen three, you can go listen to our thirty eight part series on <laughs> Eddie Van Halen. It's justified. <laughs> that that album is utter garbage. <laughs> yes. So apparently, and this is actually a genuinely sad part of it, uh, Eldon, Spencer Eldon is an artist, but he's gone to therapy for years to work on how that affected him. So he says he hasn't met anyone who hasn't seen his genitalia, and it's a constant reminder that he has no privacy. Well, I'm going to open it up to you guys. 
Well, I first want to start by acknowledging sort of the gas in a bottle theory, the idea that no matter what you suffer from, it will fill the bottle, uh, whether that be anxiety or depression or everyone seeing your wanker when you were a kid. Um, you know, I think the point here is I'm really trying to justify how this guy feels. My approach is a very clinical one. Again, show me the paperwork. What was signed? What wasn't signed? What does it state? Because I think the crux of the legal case is somewhere embedded in there. For me, specifically, it would be the fact that he is a 30-year-old man who has the ability to have possibly lived the rest of his life in anonymity where, you know, as a baby, yeah, he was on this, you know, groundbreaking, most like one of the best-selling albums of all time, but his name isn't on the album and he could have lived in anonymity. And yet he chose to on at least five other occasions celebrate his part in it and then let people know that he was that because if you had said hey spencer eldon is calling i would have asked who exactly and it's not like he's walking into a jersey mike's i like their sandwiches by the way we're not sponsored but if you want to hit us up jersey mike's and the guys at the counter are like oh you're that nirvana baby you know it's not gonna happen yeah unless yeah. he tells people or publicizes it. so I, I think i agree with where you're going with this also i just want to point out that he looks like my former college roommate <laughs> Actually, isn't every roommate you had in college a former roommate? Because you're not living with them now, unless you were my college roommate. I don't think I was your college. Yeah, roommate. I don't think you were. So. I didn't go to. Now, I mean, now, well, I was like you, five of them. I just never finished any of them. So, so you, <laughs> so you saw said college roommate naked in a pool. I'm, I'm confused about what you just meant. No, no. If you look at a picture of him now, he Will. looks like my college roommate. <laughs> oh, the current picture of him. The current yeah, picture. Uh, not the... not, not, you've both made good points. A, no one would know that you're the Nirvana baby if you didn't tell them. Correct. Because you're you're an infant. No one knows what you look like now, um, except that, as LD pointed out, you've recreated that album cover multiple times for multiple publications. Um, if I've if I've read right, he said that the, he he claims that his parents did not give proper consent for his picture to be taken, or something, which you know I, I don't know how that would have happened, and but action should have been taken on that thirty years ago. Oh, when the album came out that's my, my argument show me the paperwork we're right would be my would be my thought on that and then the other thing is nobody bought the album because of the cover no they bought it, the album because of smells like teen spirit and lithium mm -hmm. and come as you are lithium yeah they the thing is i i agree with the fact that you know, if the paperwork wasn't properly done, he was only paid $200 for the photo shoot. But again, like, you know, it, if you weren't compensated, that would be one thing. But if now he's saying it's child pornography and that is a, that's, you know, that's something that you could have tackled in the 30 years since you were on the cover. Yeah. And the other thing is, would, would this, would this lawsuit have been filed if, his picture was on the cover of Van Halen 3 or The Spaghetti Incident, <laughs> a, a, a bad album that everybody wants to forget came out and didn't, that didn't sell well, as opposed to Nevermind, which sold 20 or 30 million copies and generated, ergo, lots of money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just one of the things that, hits, that uh, was in the New York Times article was that he said he's grown increasingly uncomfortable with how he came to be on the cover 
of never mind. And the thing is, I get it. If you're an infant, you don't have consent. But at the time that you are now, okay, here, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say I would have been on his side fully if he hadn't gone and recreated them several times. Agreed. I think that that's, that's my biggest standpoint is like, I completely understand if you don't feel like you were compensated properly, or if you feel like you were exploited, or if you felt like, you know, proper steps weren't taken, or if you had actually felt like your entire life had been, you know, defined by this one thing. And you had shied away from the spotlight. But the fact is, he took steps on at least what four or five different occasions to recreate the cover. Yeah. And the idea is, would he have done this if he made that cover for a band? You know, this is TJ, kind of your point, for some unknown punk band playing bars, you know, who all have day jobs, would he have gone after them? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So that's. And then, and then the other thing I would wonder is, I mean, because you always have to question this when a lawsuit like this comes up, is what sort of financial position is he? He's an artist. So he's probably not wealthy. One would imagine. Yeah. yeah. We don't know. So, but. Yeah, no, um, and I'm I know. And I, that, maybe, that has, maybe that's no motivation at all, but it sure might be. No, that's true. Uh, but the fact is, like, I don't know what his financial situation is. He is listed as an artist. And I know, like, as a, you know, as a standard, those usually don't have, like, the greatest stability financially. But that is not even a major part of it. It's like, if he knew which way his life was going at 25, why didn't he file the suit at 25? And moreover, you know, LD, you know, he did what you said. He sort of made a publicity stunt out of it. You know, he almost celebrated it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm on the fence because I understand that, A, if he felt like he was exploited, you know, that is cause if things weren't done correctly, if he were, you know, underpaid, undercompensated for it, all that would be a thing. But you did celebrate it. And so I'm on the fence about the suit. So guys, we're going to open this up to you. Where do you stand on the Nirvana baby? Because, you know, I hope you guys don't hate us for the opinions that we have, because we're certainly not judges. We just, you know, what we know, what we are given by the mainstream media. And so, you know, that's, this is what our opinion is. So, you know, I just, whatever happens, I do hope that Spencer Eldon mentally does come out of this okay because it does say that he is in therapy for this and so you know honestly we wish him the best of luck on his mental health because that as, is as, totally- as uh, of course uh, absolutely yeah, um however i would just say i i actually welcome hate <laughs> <laughs> and if you'd like to send it when you if you want to email or uh post something on social media that's hateful to us just say start it hey tj2 and then say that you know we suck and that you hate us or you can visit our website. <laughs> right. Just visit our website. We are, try, figuring, okay. try figuring out what it is. And uh, good luck. <laughs> okay. So that actually leads me to the the next thing oh, that, that Nick actually <laughs> wanted to know. <laughs> what is the angry face cursing emoji is the deal with the website? <laughs> so Nick, here we go. Okay. So when I first started this podcast over two years ago i wanted to be legit like i wanted us to have an instagram account and a facebook account and have a a website the website was supposed to actually like highlight all of the different episodes 
and it was supposed to have transcripts so that for the folks that uh, were, you know, deaf, that they would be able to actually just like go and read, or it could be like a place where people could go and, you know, fact check anything, or even like for people to use it as a resource for them to do, you know, research and stuff like that. So basically, I started up a website. And the thing is that the website, I'm going to tell you guys, I don't even have it in my computer anymore. <laughs> Still not so, saying our website. So, hang on. I got to I gotta find it because I'm actually going to give out the website right now. Hang on. At what point did you just say F that and stop doing anything with it? Like episode four. Is it because it was just too much trouble that it wasn't a workable system or I, I just didn't have time because I was working on American Idol. I was uh, no, I wasn't working on Idol yet. I was working on something and the the website was just super hard to maintain. And um, actually, can you try to pull up the website name? I will do my best. Um, but uh but so so this has this this has not been updated then fully in like two years the question i would then ask is why do we still have it <laughs> because we, it's free i was gonna say are we paying for it i don't know we're not paying for it when we're paying for it mentally. i was gonna say if you're having to pay for the domain i would totally just dump it but so the to kind of answer your question nick it's a really long website to say every episode it hasn't been updated in probably two years the interface was not great but it also wasn't like rockandrollheaven.com if it were rockandrollheaven.com it would be a totally fine but it's not all right here it is okay guys i'm gonna give out our website <laughs> this, is, Rock, this is everybody wait listeners grab your pen and pen your pen and pad okay it is rock and roll heaven l dot wixsite.com backslash my site. Good gravy. So you can see why I refuse to say that name. So I can't even tell you the last time I even looked at that email. So that's the deal with the website because I am I was tired of updating it. It was a hard word to get out. It was not an official website. It was it was dumb. And so I it, and it became like a a running gag, kind of like our Manfred Man's Earth Band. Is that our reference? Hey! Uh, I don't know if that's our reference. Uh, I mean, is that is that it? Or? I guess. I don't I don't know. Uh, Manfred I, Man's Earth Band. Did not anyone podcast? <laughs> wow, that okay, went somewhere that, I did not that, expect. Well. There goes my boner. <laughs> and there goes our sponsorship. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Um, We've been demonetized. So, so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's the deal with the website. Now, uh, someone also asked about our former host that was working with me, TJ1. Uh, I guess we referred to her as the alpha TJ, I guess. The beginning. Did we TJ? decide that, or did our listeners decide that? I no. She's she is the first TJ. The first TJ two. <laughs> Technically, in the order of me having them in my lives, my brother, of course, was the first. I mean TJ. But TJ the first. In terms like, of being in, te in terms of being alive on the planet, I'm pretty sure I was first. Yes, and know, my but, brother, I met you first. But, but TJ right. the first is like ruled Spain after the Franco-Prussian War, and I mean, yes. 
So just for those who want a little bit of update on TJ1, uh, she is actually, so the big thing that happened, she walked away because uh, she was one of the few people in her department at the company we worked with. So she was working in the digital division of Fremantle. And when the pandemic hit, so much data and information had to be uploaded for streaming because there were the, I don't know if you guys know this, but we went through a pandemic and a lot what? of people were at home, like watching TV. So, uh, you know, she was responsible for getting that into people's eyeballs and it was a very small department. So she actually didn't have a ton of time to do things like do the research and actually, you know, you, without the vaccine, she really wasn't comfortable traveling and, you know, Zoom at the beginning really wasn't as good as it is now. So she walked away and I completely understand. We're actually still friends. Funny enough, I ran into her at Michael's <laughs> a couple of days ago. And that's a great lead in because now she's also on top of doing the job that she does. She is actually uh, creating her own jewelry. And so you can find her jewelry, which is the boho inspired jewelry by Gypsy M Boutique which is on Etsy and she's creating these like really cool pieces of art. Ooh, those so, are cool. Yeah. So she's, she's doing resin work and leather work and it's wow. absolutely gorgeous. So if you guys are interested, her shop is Gypsy M on Etsy, uh, Gypsy M boutique. And um, I will try to remember to link that into the show notes <laughs> so that if you guys are interested in, going to buy some of her jewelry and supporting our former host. She, uh, she, I'm sure she would love that. So can we plug her on Instagram? We can plug her on Instagram. All right. So perfect. And uh, all right. So that's that part. So we actually have to take a short sponsor break and we will be right back. And we are back and we're going to jump into whatever we're talking about. Uh, what do we want to talk about next guys? Because we got we got six other topics to talk about. Oh, geez, we got a lot to cover here. Yeah, we do. Uh, T, what would you like to uh, talk about? Uh, would you like for me to tackle one of the topics that I chose, or? Sure. What what topic would you like to chat about? Okay. Well, so what we we decided to do is we, as we already mentioned, we got a a lengthy list of suggestions on stuff to discuss in this episode from you, the beloved listener. And uh, so we all picked two. And <clears> so I am going to tackle my first one, which is uh, somebody wanted to know about our noteworthy celebrity encounters. Now, this is something that if we do episodes like this again, we could come back to a bunch of times. <laughs> yep. Because the two of you just uh, first, LD has an uncanny <laughs> knack for, for meeting celebrities, running into musicians and actors and directors and oh man of course part of that is owed to what she does for a living and where she lives there are far fewer celebrities walking through rural upstate south carolina where i reside yeah uh, i just want to point out though on our wall of family photos there are two celebrities i just want to point that out now <laughs> well, well we'll explain both of those pictures okay t sorry go ahead no i, I thought you were going to explain the pictures i'm sorry oh, oh, keep going. no I, I would like for you to you, why don't you go first and tell us your famous okay encounter. so um i guess we'll just limit this to one a piece so 
most of mine, I've, I mean, I've had a few, I've met a few singers and, and, and a few actors, but um, I actually had a baseball, <laughs> LD can back me up on this. There was a miniseries shot in our hometown when we were little kids called Chiefs. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And this was, and this was a big deal. And the stars of Chiefs had a charity softball game against the, the local uh, sheriff's department and so i had a i had a softball signed by most of the stars of chiefs including charlton heston billy d williams john good john goodman brad collins keith carradine the um the, the thing is is I, I had this softball signed by all the stars of this movie so i mean charlton heston so moses <laughs> billy d williams Lando Calrissian, um, John Goodman, all, everybody that was in the movie. And I played with it and lost it. Uh, but you were like eight at the time, weren't you? I, I, right. I was like eight and didn't realize it had value of any kind. That's, but, but that's not my story. So I have most of my celebrity encounters are either politicians <laughs> because, because of my job and athletes. So I have one really favorite probably of each. I'm going to let y'all pick which one I tell in this episode. What are our options? Uh, I get a politician. 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 Yeah, let's do it. Okay, politician. All right, so picture. Greenwood, South Carolina. (laughs) It's like I'm there. (laughs) 1999, I believe it was. It was a very good year. It was a very good year. Neither of you will ever be on American Idol. I was... Uh, the news director at a radio station. I was fr- not not long out of college at this point. I think I just I'm fresh out of college actually, and uh, this this was a um, <laughs> completely <laughs> and lost. And the wheels have come off. Oh. Yeah, the wheels came off. No, all right. So I was the news director, fresh fresh out of college at a radio station in Greenwood, South Carolina. And I got a call at my office from a guy who was running for the state house of representatives. And he said, Hey, I'm going to have a fundraiser um, this, this weekend. And the keynote speaker is going to be presidential candidate, John McCain. Ooh. Huh. Okay. Now I'm again, just out of college. This is going to be my, one of my first big interviews, right? Cause this guy's like, I'm going to have him come by the radio station. So you could, you could interview him. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, great. So the first thing I did was call my dad and say, uh, tell me like everything you know about John McCain. So I don't sound like a moron when I talk to him. <laughs> and so my dad runs off long list of accomplishments, you know, served in Vietnam, um, was a prisoner of war, was in the Hanoi Hilton for however many years he was there and, and congressman and senator, all that, all, all that sort of thing. So he, I, I knew some about him, but uh, my, my dad was a, a super knowledgeable man on, in mo- on most issues, but politics in particular. So he, he gave me some background. And I was like, all right, great. So I'm told that, great. So Friday, John McCain will be coming into town. And, and at this point, he has just announced his first presidential run um, ahead of the 2000 um, presidential election. South Carolina, of course, is um, one of the uh, is the first in the South primary. You have Iowa. I think they have the you know, the Hawkeye Hawkeye to start things. Then you have New Hampshire. Then you have South Carolina. So, and and this is a very red state. So you get lots of Republicans that visit here anyway. But so this is he's just announced that he's running for president, and this is going to be one of his first stops in the state of South Carolina. Great. So I get I, and I get to interview him. So he'll be coming by your you know the radio station Friday at 
four o'clock and then he'll be doing whatever he does, going to a couple other events. And then he's going to this fundraiser for this state house rep that evening. And I think the state house rep may have also been a veteran. I think that might've been the tie in, but so I'm really excited. I actually like put on a clean shirt because <laughs> because this was a dual job I had. I was news director and also wacky afternoon disc jockey. Wacky so, being the operative word. Right. Wacky being the operative word. So needless to say in the afternoon, I was not dressed <laughs> usually. Uh-huh. And, but, but in this case, uh, we've got a Senator and a presidential candidate coming now being very young and new to news. I was unaware that once you were an official announced candidate of your party, that you got secret service protection. So the advance uh, security team showed up to the radio station about an hour before John McCain did. And this was straight out of central casting to <laughs> two cold black Ford Crown Victorias come tearing down the radio station driveway. They slide like freaking Starsky and Hutch <laughs> sideways into the parking spot. And these two guys get out, both of them dressed head to toe in black, reflective black shades, and they're wearing sidearms they could probably have shot a space shuttle down with. Okay. <laughs> and they walk up to the front door of the radio station, and I walk up to greet them, and they didn't say, Hi, I'm Agent Whoever, or Hey, is this WCRS? One of them whipped out a small notepad and a pen and looked at me through his reflective mirrored shades and said, and you are, (laughs) and I told him my name and he said, you work here? I said, yeah, going to need you to spread them. Huh? Get right to the point, huh? For for those who are unfamiliar, I'm going to need you to spread them means I'm about to get real grabby. Yeah, not, not even no, not even dinner first. Yeah, all uh, right. Dinner. I was gonna say like you could at least leave a few twenties on my nightstand if you're gonna do me like this. <laughs> because let, let me tell you, my voice was an octave higher when they were done with me. <laughs> they were really thorough, so I <laughs> assumed the position, and they got all handsy and grapey and uh, figured out I, I wasn't you know carrying a gun or whatever. They then came in. And they insisted on now this this radio station was in a really big building. There was a lot of empty office space that we didn't use. I had to find keys and unlock every door. They went through desk drawers. They made me remove a board from the console so they could look at the wires, like wow. under the like under the radio console. And so then they're like, and they were thorough. And they're extremely thorough. They were very good at their job. They're very thorough. They left no stone unturned, which which you have to I understand. But this is where it gets, uh, this is where it got dicey and kind of funny in retrospect. They're like, and uh, where will the senator be speaking? I said, well, uh, he'll be in, the, in our second studio over here. And they went over there, checked all that out. In the course of doing that, they looked in our refrigerator. And then there was like an old timey Coke and or Pepsi machine. But it's one of those miniatures that's hmm. about two, that's about two and a half, three feet tall. And they said, we're going to need you to open this. And I, this is, and, and, and this is where I made a real mistake. They just, they, they, they insisted I open this like two and a half foot tall, like old timey Coke and or, or Pepsi machine. And I said, you think we got a midget sniper hiding in there? 
Oh. Did they not take kindly to that? Yeah. Don't make jokes to, to a Secret Service. <laughs> also, it's, it's how little people, so. But this was this was 1999, so mm, I, I don't I don't think it was then. <laughs> but well, whatever that yeah but the, the the lesson i took away from that is they don't take jokes don't make them especially involving the word sniper because they they did not react well to that and to, I, to, I, I think quote, i almost literally had to pry the thing open to quote groundhog day is that not good <laughs> yeah right could i not have done that so funny enough now i'm friends with someone from the secret service which okay. is awesome well and, and so really, the, the, the story really isn't about the celebrity of that. It's much more about the buildup to it, because then the straight talk express, breast, uh, express bus, which was about half the size of our entire parking lot. It was mammoth. <laughs> uh, I don't know how they turned the thing around to leave, but it pulls up and the door opens and somebody from the New York Times gets off and somebody from CNN gets off and MSNBC and Fox News and a bunch of local newspapers and all this. There's like a, a gaggle of media. And then out strolls John McCain. And he walks up much shorter than I realized. Huh. Huh. For starters. Now I'm now I'm t- I'm fairly tall. I'm I'm close to six two, but he was much shorter than I was imagining. Um, just for starters. I, I mean I'd see five, five, six, maybe most. <laughs> Okay. But he walked up and he he was very nice and polite and shook my hand and answered all my dumb questions. Because <laughs> again, I I'd, I'd literally been doing news for like four or five months and I'm interviewing <laughs> a presidential candidate. And uh, yeah. but anyway, so so really the 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 build up is much more impressive than the actual meeting the celebrity story. But he he was very nice and very polite and gave a great speech that evening and uh, oh. all that sort of stuff. So. Excellent. So, so, uh, well, the thrill, I have a feeling, I know what yours is going to be. So let me see if, uh, if I'm correct, are you going to tell the story about how you embarrassed yourself in front of James Taylor? I feel like of all the celebrity encounters I have, that's the one to go with. I am going to shoehorn in a second. But okay. anyway, hear me out. Fair enough. So LD for my birthday. I, I love James Taylor. Grew up listening to James Taylor. One year for my birthday, LD got me tickets to the Hollywood Bowl with Yay, James, Taylor. James Taylor. And we're in the line, which is just absolutely insane, when LD mentions something about it being my birthday. And then suddenly a security guard walks over to us and says, sir, there's another entrance up here. Why don't you you know, walk over here? And I'm like, all right. So I don't know if any of you have been to the Hollywood Bowl. I don't. I don't know if you actually saw what happened because uh, no, this cause is you all... were like because you were like, uh, no, it's fine, thank you. And then the security guard took me by the arm and he's like, you guys should go, go this way, yeah. And I'm like, okay, honey, let's go. So the Hollywood Bowl is obviously at the top of a very large hill, and you walk up basically the parking lot to get there. So we're walking up the parking lot and we're coming around to where the artist entrance for the bowl is. Now, it should be said that yeah. there. this is like where all the buses park, Correct. like, you know, like all the blue hair buses and, you know, all the people coming in from like, you know, Riverside and all the other parts of California and stuff like that. Like, basically, like, you know, for lack of a confusing term, it's the tour buses. All the buses are back there. Correct. So we're walking up this hill and we're making our way. I'm kind of checking the tickets for our seats when suddenly we see a group of people by another security guard and they're with a guy. 
And the guy is kind of talking to them and he's slowly kind of making his way across the street to where the, the back of the stage is. And at some point, I think it was you. I don't know who was who. I, I think I said, I said, hey, honey, <laughs> that guy looks like James Taylor. And then my face dropped and I'm like, oh, my God, that is James Taylor. That is James Taylor. And there he was, cab driver hat and all. And then Will <laughs> yeah. was like, no, it's not. And then all of a sudden, like two very large security guards flank him on both sides. They like walk, like power walk to him. And I'm like, nope. Yeah, that's that's James Taylor. That's him. So at this point, I've pretty much lost all of my faculties. Um, I don't know what's going on. So LD actually goes up to James Taylor himself and says, excuse me, Mr. Taylor, it's my husband's birthday. At which point James turns to me and he says, hey, happy birthday. Thanks for being here. You know, it's great to see you. And in my head, all these things are running about how my mother sang me James Taylor when I was a baby. She would sing me James Taylor to go to sleep how I listened to all of his albums, how his music has been the backdrop for the majority of my life. <laughs> but all I can muster is, it's my birthday. At which point James Taylor looks at me and very kindly says, happy birthday, great to see you. LD facilitates the picture, which I don't remember happening, but we have it I, on our I wall. I snatched yeah. him by the neck yeah. and threw him at James Taylor and was like, can we get a picture with you? And he was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he was super cool, far more gracious than I deserved. And I think I spent the next hour just saying, James Taylor, James Taylor, James <laughs> Taylor. Shaking. It was so cute. I've never seen him get starstruck. But, like, literally, you guys understand, like, how intelligent my husband truly is. Well, he let's is, not go crazy he is. He is so smart. But just to watch him go from, like, eloquent gentleman to rock level of intelligence was just <laughs> yeah. incredible because like I, I, you know he had all these wonderful things that he's always wanted to say to james taylor and i was standing in front of him and he can get out like it's my birthday that was it that was yeah. it and uh so yeah so then we have that picture on our wall and james we, will, taylor we, was... will, we will share pictures on our instagram of, of these these encounters and then the, the last one i'm just going to shoehorn in real quick is it's appropriate i'm having a captain and coke because technically i owe a celebrity this drink yep and ld you know who it is we went to a rap party for the soup and i saddled up to the bar having a good time when suddenly someone turns to me and goes hey what you want to drink and i say oh captain and coke and then i realize it's joel McHale. Yep. From the soup and from community, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. And yeah. And uh, the drink comes and I've got my credit card out. And Joel Bacalos looks at me and smiles. He's like, I got it. <laughs> so at this point, I'm like, uh, 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 what? I, I have to pay for my. So to this day, Joel McHale, if you're hearing this, I owe you a rum and Coke and I will deliver. <laughs> and on that, that's my story. Hey, before, before LD takes uh, the, the lead on this, because she's got. Ten or 15,000 she has to, to read through and decide which one she's going to tell you. I'm actually going to tell would, you three and let you guys choose which ones you want to hear. Would, would, it have, would it have made a difference when I said, do you want politics or sports? Which of my favorite ones do, do you have a story do you want to hear? If I told you that in the sports one, it involved me seeing someone naked. Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, that would have changed my pick entirely. But that, I was going to say that that perhaps is the thing I should have mentioned. But, uh, oh, well, we'll have to save that one for next time. That's another episode. You, you lead with I, that. I saw, I saw said celebrity naked. <laughs> that might have totally. changed things. <laughs> All right. Totally so, naked. So this doesn't, none of my, none of my stories involve being naked. One story does involve me having to use the bathroom so bad. So I will give you guys a choice of 
the three days that I spent with Gene Simmons, <laughs> who, by the way, him and Paul Stanley have COVID now. So guys, oh, he's please, got it too. Yep, both of them oh, have no. it. So guys, please, please take precaution. Be careful out there. Uh, you know, if somebody as untouchable as Gene Simmons now has COVID, you guys know how serious this <laughs> this can be. So please just be careful out there, guys. Wear your mask, wash your hands, get the vaccine if you can, all that good stuff. So, you know, uh, choices are three days with Gene Simmons. The time I ran into Dolly Parton, <laughs> the first time I ever met Tim Curry, or my run-in with Angela Lansbury. Oh, jeez. See, I know all of these. Uh, Lansbury. Lansbury, because that's the one where you look the worst. <laughs> Agreed. Well, it's the one where I actually blacked out. Because <laughs> I like my James Taylor story. I was so embarrassed. Yeah. So uh, really quick, I because I do uh, really quick, I will I will tell the Angela Lansbury story, but I feel like you actually kind of kind of need to take point on that at Fair some enough. point. I will tell you guys that there are very few people that, you know, because I've been in the industry for so long that like fluster me, <laughs> like meeting me when I met Gene Simmons, it was awesome because day one we were shoot, we were shooting a movie. If you guys have ever seen the James Franco movie with uh, Brian Cranston, it's called Why Him? We shot it. He was on set for three days. And so I'm in an ugly Christmas sweater with Gene Simmons. And the first day he told me dirty, nasty, horrible, tacky jokes. Day two, he was teaching me how to diversify my portfolio. And then the third day we were singing Christmas carols together. So that's a shortened version of my Gene Simmons. I will post a picture of that on our <laughs> Instagram because I do love that picture. Now you have ask about the Angela Lansbury story. Angela Lansbury, for those who don't know, is one of my favorite actresses of all time. I have loved her since I was a child. Uh, TJ, too, can attest to the fact that our grandmother was obsessed with Murder, She Wrote. And to this Indeed. day, if it's on TV, I will still watch it. I, I love, I loved her as Mrs. Potts. She was Mrs. Lovett in uh, Sweeney Todd. She's just, the, and the crowning glory of all this was that she was the Dowager Empress in mm -hmm. Anastasia. And in 1997, that was my first year of college. And that was the movie that I would watch the most, along with Titanic. I loved those movies so, so, so much. Um, but, you know, so Angela Lansbury has been kind of ingrained in my entire life. And so Will was working at this place called the Geffen Theater. And they were having a reading of a play called Oscar and the Woman in Pink. Play in progress. It was a play yeah. in progress. So I was like, I've never seen one of these things. He was like, I got tickets. He did not tell me <laughs> that it was Angela Lansbury. So I walk in and first of all, literally two seats down from me was while he was still alive was Vidal Sassoon, yeah. who I felt was personally judging my hair the entire time. So it, it was about a hundred people, right? It was about, it was, yeah, I think yeah. it was literally a 99 seat theater. Yeah, it might've been. So, <laughs> so I watch the stage and it's just a glass of water on a stool, another stool and a music stand. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what this play is about. And then she walks out, Angela freaking Lansbury, my skin melted off my bones. <laughs> I did not know how to handle myself. And it was not a happy play at all. It is about a child who deals with cancer. It's a child who's dealing with, you know, trying to deal with this chemotherapy and dealing with his anger about having cancer and questioning God. 
And Angela Lansbury played every role. So she had a voice for every character and she read the stage directions. And it was like, it's unbelievable. It was so amazing. And I'm openly bawling by the end of it because yeah, I, I cry a lot over stuff like that. So anyway, because Will works at the Geffen, we actually got to stay for like a little meet and greet. Now, this is actually back when I still would imbibe alcohol Mm -hmm. and they had, you know, drinks set up for everybody, open bar, whatnot. And so uh, they wanted to do a champagne toast. So people got champagne and da, da, da. And then she walked out. (laughs) Now, at this point, I should tell you, Will had never told me that Angela Lansbury was going to be in the show. So he stole my copy of Anastasia. I took it with me to work. And halfway through the the show, he handed it to me. (laughs) Okay, so at this point, I'm going to hand the story over to Will because I think I blacked out, not from alcohol, but just the sheer magnitude of the Lansbury. So yeah, I had smuggled the copy in full well knowing who the reader was going to be. And it's a very intimate setting. Again, maybe 100 people, invite only, all that stuff. So Angela Lansbury is just mingling with the crowd. And I said, you know, hey, you should get your copy signed by Angela Lansbury. And instantly the walls went up. LD was like, no way, can't do it. And I said, she's right there. And she was maybe 10 feet away. At which point LD finished her glass of champagne. Well, started yeah, and finished. And finished in one gulp. <laughs> and sort of walked over with me basically supporting her. And Angela Lansbury turns to LD. And LD holds out with a trembling hand her copy of Anastasia and just starts to just vomit all sorts of nonsense. Wait, of, wait, 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 wait. Not, not physically make, not vomit, physically yeah. Vomit. Word vomit. I made, I think yeah. I said every word in the English language at one time. But the only discernible phrases were the characters Angela Lansbury has played. So it was, ah, blah, 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 Mrs. Potts. Ah, blah, 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 murder she wrote. Ah, blah, blah, Sweeney Todd. And at this point, Angela Lansbury just takes LD's hand, maintains eye contact, just listens and nods, and then says, did you like the play, dear? <laughs> at which point, LD is just losing it and holds out the DVD. At which point, Angela Lindsbury looks and says, where did you get this? Because I have yeah. the original, like, 1997 version of the DVD, which is now long, no longer in print. Mm-hmm. The, the artwork was new, and then it was purchased by Disney. And so it's been Disneyfied. But not that copy. So not no. this copy. So it's the original 1997 DVD release of the of the of the movie and she signed the, the copy and was just like everybody's grandmother she was absolutely delightful <laughs> yeah 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 um so um i have a couple of things one i, I felt I, I didn't want to interrupt you but i felt the the need during the middle of that uh story to go you have greasy bangs <laughs> oh, wow. nice well done i'm shocked Good you guys start. did not go with the dolly pardon story it's a good story <laughs> but but then the other one is a, when we do this again, and I think we will, uh, the uh, athlete story, I did see someone naked. Uh, <laughs> I have another one where a celebrity gave me a hug and dropped an F-bomb. <laughs> and, well done. And um, it seemed like I had one other really good one. But those those were the main two. I, and, I those, also, and those were both really good. And not this isn't even a story, but one time I ate Carney Wilson's French fries. Yes, you did. I remember that. Yep. So the I other life. There's more yeah. where that came from. The the other topic that I was assigned, and th- those were our a couple of our uh, celebrity encounters, 
was guilty music pleasures. Oh, geez. That's one that that, uh, somebody uh, suggested we tackle. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't have a ton that I I consider really guilty because if I like something, I just like it. I don't care if anybody else likes it or not or thinks it's cool or whatever. Um, But there there are some stuff I would probably turn up a little more. In the car alone? Yeah. And Well, driving driving where people could hear me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, there's, There's some things. You know, you you don't mind everybody knowing that you that you jam to, and then there's some things you're like, "Hey, we're gonna turn that down to ten instead of 12. Let's just <laughs> everybody every everybody doesn't need to hear that. Now, so, it also should be stated that early on in the history of rock and roll heaven, we had a guest named Adam Todd Brown who came on, and we actually discussed this. That's right. So we have our we have our top ten. So hopefully, the ones I chose were different than the ones that you can find in that episode okay so i I was just wondering uh do do either of you have one or two guilty music pleasures i will have to say 90 percent of the catalog of mika Uh, he is a british pop guy who there's a song called grace kelly in which he literally sounds like he woke up friday to make a noise and so I love a song called Big Girl, You Are Beautiful. I also love Lollipop. He does a song called We Are Golden. And it's just this cheesy Euro pop. And I am in love with it. My other guilty pleasure is actually a single album, which is Hooray for Boobies. Oh, that shouldn't be guilty the, at all. By the Bloodhound Gang. That is a masterpiece. I love Hooray for Boobies. Because also, uh, if you don't know, because we live in the digital age, when you actually bought the the DVD, well, no, sorry, when you bought the CD, it was flesh colored. And when you flipped it over and stuck your tongue through the hole, it looked like a boob. So (laughs) that is maybe two of my favorite things in the world. (laughs) That's a great album. Come on. That shouldn't be a guilty pleasure. Yeah. So T, what are yours? Um, well, you know, this, these, again, I don't, I'm not really, I don't consider them guilty or whatever, but they're certainly out of step with most of what I listen to, because if people have listened to me talk for the last year or so now that I've been on the show, they know that I like rock and roll. I like heavy metal. I like country, like old country before it started to suck. I like old country. I like bluegrass. I like old soul music and stuff. So my guilty pleasures would be stuff that falls more into the soft pop um, okay. realm. You like and Michael McDonald? Well, Ooh, not really Michael it. McDonald. Hey, no, my, my, Michael McDonald. You know, that the, the golden throated silver fox. You, you dare <laughs> not uh, speak ill of. Shine sweet freedom, shine the light on me. You got LD got so mad at us when we were singing that in the grocery store, remember? DJ, remember when we were singing that in the grocery store and LD got furious with us? We were singing that in like an angles and LD wanted nothing to do with us. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. I've never understood why. It doesn't make any sense. I don't think two grown men, you know, scream singing Michael McDonald songs is embarrassing. No, no, not at all. Um, uh, oh, actually, uh, I think another one of my guilty pleasures is actually Super Tramp. 
Is that a good I think Super Tramp is just plain good. I like Super Tramp. I love Super Tramp. Don't don't care. I, I like Take the Long Way Home, the Logical Song. They've got their great. Give a little bit, yeah. Give Goodbye a little stranger. bit. Song. Goodbye, stranger. But so a lot of my my quote guilty pleasures would probably be softer pop things because that's just not what I listen to. Um, and specifically, a lot of them fall um, from about 90, 90, 91, I guess, until about 93, 94, when I was a DJ, when I was in high school. Because that is a simpler time that was, I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have to pay bills. <laughs> I oh, always, yeah. minimum wage then was 425. Amen, brother. I always had money. You know, you had I had a job that was fun and a car and a girlfriend and life was just grand. And um, so the, a lot of it's the nostalgia of of you know the of it harkening back to that simpler times. And I've 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 you know gone around my ass to get to my elbow so that I don't have to tell you that I like everything from Amy Grant's Hard in Motion album. <laughs> okay. Wow. Now, baby, baby, that's what love is for. <laughs> Okay, see, I don't think it's cliche for me to say that I like her because, uh, you know, the song "It Takes a Little Time." Same album. Yeah. I loved that song. That was nineteen ninety-seven. Okay. That's a little bit later. Nineteen ninety-seven. To turn the. They're not a baby, baby. Yeah. Baby, baby. Wait, who is she married to? Uh, Vince Gill now. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Vince Gill now. Previously, Gary Chapman, I think, but she um. This was, I think, her first pop album. I think she had done that song with Peter Cetera, maybe. Um, <laughs> but she, she, you know, she had been like a, a contemporary Christian artist, and there was like a lot of shock right. and outrage that she did like some secular music, even though it was Baby Baby. <laughs> if you, not, you, if know, you guys are wondering why we laughed so hard at Peter Cetera, there is a there is a there is a comedy group that will do mashups of popular music and classic plays so it's we saw abba memnon which is the music of abba with agamemnon the comedy of aerosmith yeah Uh, was it a gentleman two two gentlemen of chicago chicago which is the one we saw was two gentlemen of chicago and 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 at one point he was like this is peter satara no man can sing peter Peter satara no man can sing peter satara and it's just that's that's always just that lives in my head rent free. I miss the Truvies. I do too. Yeah, but 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 th- there is a um, I, there was some degree of outrage in some you know oh she's doing secular music and I'm like it's not like she's singing, you know do me or sugar walls. I mean she's singing <laughs> baby baby. <laughs> if she did, I'd listen. I'm taking. Yeah, I mean I'd notion. still listen to it, but um, so that would be one. And there, there were there's a lot of like lighter stuff from then. Do y'all remember uh, Curtis <laughs> Steiger's? Oh my God! Yes. I wonder why we pulled off. Curtis. So if you guys are ever wondering why we do a musical podcast and never put out an album, this is why. <laughs> it's perfectly evident by now. This is terrible. Um, but there, there would be a lot, there would be a lot of stuff from that era that it, it isn't in my typical wheelhouse. That if I hear it, I'm jamming to it. Um, nice. Sophie B. Hawkins. Ooh, damn! Oh, I wish yeah. I was. Lo- you know, honestly. Damn, I Wish You Love Her was a great Thank song, you. but honestly, As I Lay Me Down to Sleep is one of 
my mm. favorite songs. I like songs. Damn, I Wish I Was Here a little bit better. Favorite songs of all time. What? I like Damn, I Wish I Was Here a little bit better. I'm, damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover is a, a great song. Oh, that's a sexy song. It feels like springtime. It stirs the loins. Yes, it stirs like the loins, especially the, the oh, okay. yeah, will the breakdown and that like pop and oh. she's doing in the video. Woo! Pure fried gold. Okay. All right, okay. let's move on before this becomes okay. a sausage party. Okay, Will, what's yours? <laughs> All right. So, as you know, I'm from the state of New Jersey. We have a saying. Wait, you, what? Yeah, I know, right? I married someone from New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. the, jig, oh, the jig is up. Um, and we have in a saying: everything's legal as long as you don't get caught. That's it. Pretty much. Everything Thank is you. legal in New Jersey. So, I'm abiding by the Jersey saying: you get one free. Okay, and here it is. I will not be able to stand still or keep a frown on my face if you play Cherish by Madonna. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm definitely going to disagree with you. You weren't at that party in college. (laughs) Uh, But no, I was at the bar that we went to before our wedding. The Cupid Shuffle? The Cupid, okay. Just because I know the Cupid Shuffle doesn't make it a guilty pleasure. You guys. Me and Will were on the verge of getting married. It is the night before, the before our yeah. yeah, it was the night before our wedding. This is part we are, of our yes, we were at a bar and of course we're surrounded by our friends and family and we're having a great time. We're having, you know, knocking a couple drinks back, we're having a good time. And me and Will are having a moment. He takes me by the arms and he looks in my eyes and he's like, Tomorrow I'm gonna marry my best friend. And I love you so much. Oh my god, it's the Cupid Shuffle. Takes up. Like, throws me back into the bar and just runs out to the dance floor. And like, you were there, dude. What just happened? Was I? And I find Will, and he's the only, like, I have friends. I have a feeling I I have a feeling I was leading the drink parade. I don't really, you were doing very well at that. Yes. (laughs) So I find Will out on the dance floor, just like, down, down, do you dance, do you dance? And he's just, rocking out to the cupid shuffle i'm like i think okay. i just lost my husband <laughs> can, can i just can i just tell you something will yeah absolutely that that that's that's an excellent choice i love cheering yeah I it's do. a great song cheers and, is a great song and, and I'll, I'll go i'll go a step further will two of the most perfect pop rock albums and i guess so maybe both of these by my standard would be considered uh, guilty pleasures okay. came out right around the same time one of them is madonna's like a prayer yeah and yep. the other one is george michael's faith Oh, Faith is Fair amazing. Perfect, perfect, perfect pop rock. Perfect. No argument. I am a little upset by the fact that when you get a radio edit of Faith, it does not start with the organ. That's correct. Not one goes right to guitar, one. right? Goes right to the guitar. Hey, okay, can I, like, hey, can I just, hey, can I, can I hate to go off on a rant here, Chachi. Um, <laughs> I, is there any point in me quoting Dennis Miller at this point? Is no. That, no, you that's can. Just I mean, you, you can. We're not I can, you. but no, that nobody knows what the hell I'm doing. Okay, that is turning into a gigantic pet peeve with me now. These re- the edited radio versions of songs. Yeah. Because I was listening to one of those slap notes. We play anything stations, right? And and it's like, well, it should be. We play everything except for rap, heavy metal, classical, anything made before 1975. But we play anything. Polka, TV theme songs. <laughs> chamber music okay salsa, okay come on get to the point <laughs> instrumentals um but they played night moves by bob Seger on one of these stations fantastic song oh one yeah one of bob 
one of Bob's best. And Bob had a lot of great ones. Absolutely. And they cut the they cut the entire final verse. What? Okay. That okay. First of all, then you ruin the song because that's the whole song. Exactly. That, yeah. The 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 meat of the nut children is in that last verse. Oh yeah. It's not it's not about screwing at the drive-in. The most important line of that song is with autumn closing in. Yeah. Woke up last because night. It's not talking from... about a season. And if you've taken that out, then if and, and I guess what I'm saying is if you run a radio station or you program radio stations and you have stupid arbitrary rules about well, we don't play any song that's over three and a half minutes, then don't bleep and play night mood. You just might as well not play, do it. Okay. Just don't play the damn song. Can I interject with also the one that irritates me the most? And it's it, this it's not gonna come with an air horn, okay? But it really it actually physically affects me. Like I begin to to turn red, my heart palpitates. I become so angry when people cut out the chopsticks portion of Blinded by the Light. <laughs> yes, it's true. By who? I, by Manfred Mansworth. They found us. Or, <laughs> They're or, onto us. They'll, just, or they'll, when they'll cut, they'll, they'll chop at least in half, maybe more than that, the guitar solo from Welcome to the Jungle. I don't, yeah. Don't. Yeah. Or they'll completely chop if they're playing, this is going to come up later, if they chop part of Slash's On November Rain. Don't cut anything by Slash. That's don't, the point. No, that's, like, don't, don't. don't cut anything by Slash, but don't cut anything by anybody. And if you have stupid arbitrary rules about, about the length of songs that you'll play, don't play songs that don't cut, don't butcher and maim and change the meaning of songs just so they'll fit your stupid format. That's exactly. why also like, but also like right. looking on Spotify, let me see if... That's why most, there, there, there are some stations that do it right. That's why most radio stations suck. Yeah, hang on. I'm, I'm going to click this button, but... One of many reasons. I believe they've rectified it by now, but if you looked on Spotify beforehand... I believe they had the old version of Blind by the Light, in which they did cut out Chopstick Park. I'm like, you're a streaming service. You only exist to play music. Why are you playing an edited version of this? I'm paying $9.99, and all I want to hear is Chopsticks in the middle of my rock song. So get on it! Rectified it nearly killed him. <laughs> hey -o. You're fired. You're off. Ah, nuts. But, uh, LD did we digress? Yeah, good night, real. Did we digress? I felt like I feel like we digressed. We Perhaps might have digressed. We, we might have digressed. You, okay, you, you, yes. So backtracking, you <laughs> offered up, uh, will cherish by. <laughs> yes, and that was like uh, two minutes hours ago. ago. Yeah. Have you any? Have you anything else you'd like to add on that one? Uh, the, so you get one free. The rest is uh, subscribe. I don't know. What are we doing? <laughs> uh, okay, so I get. Uh, uh, should we do my talking points since we wanted to end with your talking? Sure, points? I think that'll be best. Yeah. Okay. So what were you my covered one of yours? <laughs> your videos? Oh, okay. Videos? Yes, uh, I had. Oh yeah, no, I we we've already done several. Uh, two at least one of mine, which was the update on DJ. So my second right. one was the someone asked us about what we think the best music videos are and the worst music videos. So Ooh. so Ish. we are doing a top three this is the, i i want to tell you first of all damn you this yeah. is more this is a more hellish unpleasant undertaking than the wilbury set list i have a top 60 i just want you to know that right I, yeah. i'm basically gonna pick three out of a hat out of about a hundred <laughs> that because this if it 
the Wilburys thing I thought was the hardest exercise we've ever done. It's like, God, I can only pick four Tom Petty songs and four George Harrison songs. This is basically every song by everybody who's ever existed and did a video. Pretty much, yeah. It's it's insane. Yeah, Merry Christmas, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start. Will, why don't we start with yours? All right. Well, let's start with your. Uh, shall we do the the worst? Do a round robin of the worst, and then yes, the yes. Best? Let's start. Let's start with the stuff that sucks. Let's end okay. this on a high note. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's go with let's go with the worst um i love this band and it pains me to do this but the video is an absolute tire fire shiny happy people from rem oh oh that video no. oh. Oh. michael snipe dancing around oh and i love rem i love rem uh, just, okay uh, so hey that could be another guilty pleasure song for me. I do like yeah. Shiny Happy People. No, it's fine. And I the think the video fine. is appropriately cheesy. Uh, to match I, the song. I know. No, oh, I can't oh, do oh, it. Shoot, I can't shoot, do shoot. it. Really quick, we have to talk about the caveats. Oh, yeah. We, 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 we ruled we, out. We, we ruled out. We have before we, we go any farther. I'm sorry that we didn't do this at the top of this. There are particular caveats of things that we could not choose for the best. <laughs> the worst was open to pretty much anything, yeah. but for the best, it could not be Sledgehammer. Yes, no Sledgehammer. <laughs> it could because not be. That, because that would have been number one and that would yeah. have been done. Which means it also couldn't be. It couldn't be Thriller no either. Thriller. Yeah. We could not do right. Thriller. We could not do anything from the band OK Go. You could not choose a which single, is, single. Which is, which is just as well because I have no idea who that is. Oh, OK. We got to get you educated on <laughs> OK, okay Go's yeah. videos because they are, it is a perfect blend of art and science. And they're genius. Got, they're genius music videos in which literally we have lost nights to. They have just, my favorite video ever. Just, yeah. yeah they have one of my, my favorite beauty, music videos of all time where they're actually on the, of the vomit comment. You know, mine. And they yeah. do a song called Upside Down and Inside Out. And it's great. But they, they do things like the proceeds from the videos, downloads, and AdSense go to charities. And so they are phenomenal. So those are off the table. There was another one, wasn't there? Was there another caveat that we took off the table? Uh, no Weird Al Yankovic. No Weird Al. No yeah. Weird Al. So. Uh, oh, and no, no, um, you couldn't say take on me. That was the other one. Take on me. Yep. So. Yep. No, take on me because Sledgehammer and Take on Me would have been two of my top three. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no Sledgehammer. Now we rewatched Sledgehammer and Will didn't understand the beauty of it, but. And Take on Me too. Yeah. But uh, we, we re watched all those videos and uh, they're still, they still hold up and they're still amazing. And so, unfortunately, those are all off the table because that would have been 90% of our answers. <laughs> right. So, so Will has got, so. So Will's uh, one of his top three is Shiny Happy People. Bottom Shiny three, bottom three. three. The worst, so, the worst music videos. And then uh, I'll go with my other two here. There was a song written by Corey Feldman. <laughs> um, yeah. So do, do I need to say more? Or can I just go to my number one? <laughs> no, just um, got to give him the name and. Uh, I just Corey Feldman, Ascension Millennium. I don't know if you've seen this video. You can. Don't. It's, it's you, you just not need, good. You need I, like three and a half minutes back. It's literally what I would like to call a day in the life of Corey Feldman question mark. But there yeah. are angels and bars, and it's he gets out of bed and then goes back to bed, and yeah. it's just it's bad. Yeah, and no offense to Corey. Look, I love Goonies. I love Lost Boys. I just the video didn't work. So that's my number two. But I will say, at least Corey made an attempt at a story. 
<laughs> okay. He did. He did. Okay. He tried. There was a narrative there, which says much more than my number one pick, my least favorite of all time, because no narrative, just a mess. Groove is in the heart oh, by you D-Light. stole one of mine. That video is just bad. Terrible. Drac, it is awful. Groove is in the heart is one of the worst music videos of all. And here's the thing. It has Bootsy Collins and DJ and Kaoki yeah. and you failed. Yeah. And oh. Lady Miss Keir. Yes. Yeah. So just a and, a and, and it's a very catchy little dance song. Agreed. Yeah. With the video on play bass. You don't you can't go wrong with that. But yeah. That's my bottom three, guys. Right. Yeah, the video is the that video is a that video is in fact just kind of kind of hot garbage. I would have to agree <laughs> with you. All right, T, what's yours? Okay, so we're going worst first, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um I, I'm gonna tell you all three of mine are by great artists and people that i like a lot but and so maybe i'm holding them to a higher standard or something i don't know but at number three on my worst videos list i am going to say hip to be square by huey lewis in the news oh yeah it's not a great video so so for those who've never seen it basically it's a super tight like close-up of Huey Lewis's face such that like you can see his nose hairs and stuff in like a sepia tone. And then the weird trick where they, they almost have like, it looks like a camera on the drumstick or something and like looking up the neck of the guitar. And maybe in 1985, that was cutting edge and people were like, Oh wow, look at that. And now I, I just look at it and go, God, what a, what crap, <laughs> what, what hot, what absolute hot trash in a taco shell this is. Yeah, much as I, much as and I, as much as we all love Huey Lewis, and how do we not? I mean, I mean, I mean, no, he's he's legit. He's, I mean, le, I mean, Huey's the man. Yeah, um, huge, huge Huey Lewis, Lewis the news fan. But yeah, that's just bad. Number two, I'm gonna go with "Numb" by U2. <laughs> oh, okay, that was actually that was in contention for me. Number one because I just I'm disgusted by feet. Well, okay, so there's a lot there's a lot going on in this video, but nothing at the same time. So yeah. essentially and again, I love you too, but that's one of that's one of the worst songs they ever recorded, and it's definitely from the worst album they ever did. I thought <laughs> I, I really I really didn't like it. I, I didn't like any I barely like anything on it. And then the video's weird because it's the edge and it's a very monotone song. It's just uh, 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 over and over and he's kind of doing this slightly voice altered singing thing and you know the edge is not he's a great guitar player he's not oh, a yeah. great singer necessarily and he's not really even singing he's almost talk singing but in the video he's being subjected to all this weird stuff like some people are like spraying him with a water hose and <laughs> dumping dumping peanut butter on him and then the weird then somebody like a, a, there's a foot and it just rubs all over his face and then it just the toes go in his mouth it's bizarre and it's, just, yeah. and it's, it's like gross. it's like ld just said it's just gross yeah agreed maybe the edge like sucking toes i don't know maybe this was a maybe this was some weird fetish video for him or something i don't know it was bad and i didn't like it i like nothing about it i didn't like the song i didn't like the album and i didn't like the video they were all bad fair and number one for me and and i do want to offer the caveat that they had a video and not one of their better known ones i considered for my three best videos um huh. i think i think all i want is you is a spectacular video yes that's a good and one. song as one of my it's probably, that might be my favorite song of theirs too by the way mm -hmm. um but number one is another person who has done a ton of music that i love they 
have done a, a number of fantastic videos, but boy, Prince could not have missed the mark worse than he did on Bat Dance. Oh, oh yeah, that the yeah. Bat, Bat Dance sucked. The Elder song was terrible. The song was terrible. There was no tune. It was, it was a miss, a mishmash of, of just nothingness, just like weird beats and some record scratching thrown in and then like voice snippets and stuff but it but it was prince and associated with batman in 1989 so it was a giant hit let's yeah. be honest bat bat dance sucks yeah <laughs> agree. it's not terrible not and, and the video is a complete grab bag of bullshit <laughs> there, like it's one of those videos where they try to pack so much into it that not there's so much that there's nothing now, I will say the long line of um, Kim Basinger look like Vicki Bale ladies. Yeah. As a 14-year-old watching that, I was in favor of that. Oh, sure. Other than that, oh, the, video had no, the video had no redeeming qualities. It was dark, for one thing. And I don't mean the tone of it. I mean the actual visually, it was dark. Yeah, it was black and purple. Black and purple. Prince was like a pretend batman villain that i guess he invented or something but it was like half joker it was kind of like two-face kind of two-face kind of joker sort of yeah but there's just it, it and there's just lots of weird batman symbolism just thrown in there for the sake of it being there it was it was a rare miss for somebody who normally did terrific videos so that and there may be uh, three worse than that but that's the three i picked okay so I think you're not going to know what two of the videos that I picked are, T. Uh, okay. But, but I think Will will know. One of them, you're the reason why I hate it. <laughs> so okay. uh, my first one for, for one of the worst music videos, mine's not really um, like listed, like I didn't rank them, but my number, like one of my number one most hated music videos is Avril Lavigne's Hello Kitty. Really? hate it it's not in japan that's the one in japan yeah where she speaks it's so tacky uh-huh. racist awful terrible no avril you're better than this it is it is i i'm going to post this on our facebook it is the one of the worst things i've ever seen in my life she takes on this persona of like a bubble pop princess in japan and she speaks Japanese throughout it, but it's just, it's, it's so tacky. I hate it. And then you're the reason why I hate this one, T, because I was a young child, very impressionable. And you, you brought this into my life and then you took it out, which would be tears for fears, sowing the seeds of love. Oh, God, that's oh yeah, that's bad. Seeds of love. Stop it. Stop it. Sowing the seeds. I will divorce you and I will kill you, Travis. I, yeah no I'm, I'm with you on this i'd forgotten that one i'd managed to forget it until just now thanks but that is a turd monument you're welcome hey hey would you like a because every episode needs woods would you like a fun fact fun fact, fun fact. when hurricane hugo blew through oh. our home state of south carolina in 1989 and had essentially come all the so far inland that it was almost into the state of north carolina and it was still like a cat three or four was it a four when it passed over our, where we lived? I, I don't know. I remember a tree went through my bedroom. Oh, jeez. Okay. 
Well, that, so as it begins to, to really hit the, our, our hometown of Chester, South Carolina, I, I wake up, it's about three in the morning, and I cut the TV on, and it was on MTV. And the video that was on was Sowing the Seeds of Love. <laughs> oh, and about God. halfway through it, our power went off and stayed off for a week. Yep. That was the year that I had my birthday at McDonald's. Yep. Seeds of love. Mm, stop it. Sowing the seeds. Okay, before I give my final one, I had they to. Had, otherwise, they had so many great songs. What? What, what yeah. happened? That was oh, an outlier. The, the, also, the, the artwork on that was terrible. It just, like It looked like somebody though. was just like, it looked like the editor fell asleep on the keyboard with all of the editing software plug-in information. They just like smashed their face on it. And then they're like, here's the music video I made overnight. There, yeah, so, there are some videos that when they came out, they looked really cutting edge and stuff. And now you go back and watch them and you're like, well, no, somebody just bought a new editing machine and they were just seeing what all the buttons did. That's yep. what it seems like. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to give an honorable mention because uh, I, like you guys, had a hard time kind of narrowing it down to worse ones. Uh, and this is, you guys know this comes from a place from lo of love, but my honorable mention is Dancing in the Street by Mick Jagger and David Bowie. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. bad. It's not a great video. It's a terrible one. That's good, not my final good. one. Yeah, there's a couple of videos that, that boy, just they just cast otherwise cool musicians in a terrible light. That's one. And then what was the Billy Squire one? Was it Rock Me in the Night? Rock Me, Rock me in the, the Night. night. Garbage, yeah. Where he's wearing the tight pants and the pink shirt and he's dancing seductively and kicking his feet on the bed and stuff. You're yeah. like, Billy, buddy, what are you Come doing? Come on. Booby, why? Booby. So my final one. I don't think anybody's going to argue with this. It is Rebecca Black Friday. It's not a great video. It is. Oh, well, only in so much as I don't know what it is. <laughs> How did you miss that? It's everywhere. It is everywhere. It is. It's one of the. Okay. Just for funsies. I want to pull up the like to dislike ratio on the. Oh, is it utterly bonkers? I'm going to see the like to dislike ratio uh, of this. Hang on. Rebecca Black. Oh, there she is. Friday. Okay. All right. Nine years ago, I'm not going to play the song. Thank you. Oh, my. <laughs> wow. It's not what I okay. thought it would be. <laughs> the like to dislike ratio of the video on YouTube is likes 1.3 million dislikes, close to 4 million <laughs> dislikes. Oh, wow. Holy crap. That has to be one of the biggest disparities ever. It's the thing is. I feel bad for her because when she did the actual song, she was only like 13 or 14 yeah, and her parents had paid this producer to like write a song and then they record it and then they make a music video. Like it's like an all in-house thing that you can do for your kids. And it just was one of those things where it was just like lightning struck and it went viral. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, it is a terrible music video and apparently Rebecca Black can actually sing. So yeah. like, this is not a critique on anyone's performance vocally as artists so please don't please understand you know Rebe rebecca black is a is a pretty good singer and all these guys are are, are incredible talent i mean like you got prince huey lewis you've got you what too. else yeah you too it's, mm -hmm. you, i got rem yeah. rem these these are incredible artists that just had really crap music videos so on the flip side let's talk about our favorite ones Hooray! and you guys already okay, now this, this was this is the one that was really hard 
uh, you're going to see a definite through line of mine. That, and it, that, but narrowing these, that narrowing this down to three, yeah. like Will said, I'm almost literally picking three out of a hundred that I considered out of a half. Yeah. I mean, I even showed Will one that was a possible contender and we agreed that it was a really good music video. And then I, like all of a sudden I woke up the next morning and was like, nope, it's completely three different music videos <laughs> that we ever talked about. So uh, T, you are up. What is your top three? Okay. First of all, to do this exercise, uh, what I've had to do was in my mind, first of all, delineate between iconic videos and great music videos because there are a lot of videos we we think of as being great because of when they came out maybe they were great at the time but i don't know that all of them hold up i mean it's considered a classic because of when it came out in the golden age heyday of mtv but is you might think a great video really is Love is a Battlefield, really a great video. Well, it was a it was a revolutionary video because yes. that was the first video that but actually featured sure, dialogue. Sure, that used dialogue, but is it really a great video? Or is it just iconic? It's is iconic. White Wedding it's not really great. a great video or is it iconic? I would argue all three of those are actually just iconic. They're not bad. Right. They, they were probably great at the time, but you, you've taken everything into account now. You look at them and go, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're yeah, they were good, but they're not great so i tried to delineate that from that and then like i said i, I had a thousand possibilities but I, I'm, I'm literally just picking three um so the first one i'm going to go with is, is going to be an offbeat pick i'm going to go with drive by the cars oh good, good one. song good, no, one. good good one um yeah. first of all there's a there's a weird lack of emotion to that song that makes it creepy agreed Agreed. And the video matches that so perfectly because you have Paulina Porcozoid, or what is that her name? Well, she's she's married to Rick Orkazin, right? Paulina Porcomore. Oh. Okay. Pork soda. Stop talking and I will tell you. Paulina Poroskova. Poroskova, thank you. She's married um, to Rick Ocasek, right? Who eventually who went on to marry Rick Ocasek, but she appears to be in a psych ward in this video. And she's scrawling on the walls with crayons, and then she mm -hmm. breaks down and cries, and she laughs, and then she and Ocasek are screaming at one another. And there's the weird scene at the bar where the mannequins are moving and carrying oh, the trays. And right, but, but there's just a there's a it's 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 an it's kind of eerie, odd, oddly, um, and, and, and which I assume is what they're going for. So they achieved it, but it it's it's the the images paired with the song, both just have a weird lack of soul and emotion that makes it eerie and, and, and thus memorable and to me a great video. Um, number two, I don't even have to tell you the artist or the song title. I can just say three words and you're both going to know what it is. Sit down, Waldo. Wow. Okay. Pop for nice. teacher. Yep. Pop well, teacher. Done. Yeah. well done. Well done. for teacher. It's, they set the standard to, to me with that one for the absolute over-the-top, high-concept video. You've got the the miniature versions of all the band members. We found out from our Eddie Van Halen episode that Ano Anaya, I think is his name, who played Grover Dill in A Christmas Story, plays Mike Anthony Jr., which none of us knew. No. Um, we also found out that he was, he was completely shit-faced drunk <laughs> in the scene where he's walking down the steps because he'd been playing a drinking game with Mike Anthony while he was 13 which is hilarious like drinking old english or something <laughs> it was it was malt liquor i know it was but 
just the, the everything, the everything about that video from the, the opening of Waldo coming on the bus and then the song starts and they're all in school and the teachers, you know, ripping off their tops and <laughs> Miss Science or whatever. And she's swinging her top above her head and walking on the table. The band dancing With is Dave. awesome. Where, where you see, if you really pay attention, that Alex Van Halen cannot dance. No, and he's a drummer. No. And he's the drummer. You would think if any of them could, it would be him. But that's it's just super entertaining. And then the solo of, of Eddie Van Halen walking across the table in the library is just one of the most iconic things in rock and roll history. But anyway, start to finish, I just, I love that video. Um, nice. And then number one for me is Hurt by Johnny Cash. Oh, um, we talked about that one. I, I don't, uh, I don't. That's the one of the only times I've ever called LD and insisted she find something and watch it. Can I just She'll say something? She will attest to that. Can I just say something? Yeah. You just stole one of the mine off my you just stole one off my list. Well, I, you you can you can certainly still leave it or just you can you can trade one out. I'm sure you have plenty that you can Oh, yeah, no, I'm just going to you considered. It it is it is the, one of the most impactful pieces of art that I've ever seen. I don't know any other way to to, to summarize that it the song the words match up with the imagery so perfectly and to intersperse cuts of of johnny cash the young good-looking strong guy on the box car and singing and stomping out the footlights and then juxtaposed with i mean the frail old man sitting in a closed museum dedicated to him with his wife nice. looking down on him with that that look on her face like it just even talking about the thing makes me emotional. It really does. That is that. That's what that's what art should do. It should make you feel like that video makes you feel nice. And that's uh that's my three. There you go. Out of about out of literally a thousand that I considered. All right. Let's see. You're up. Yeah, I feel like my cutting room floor is going to be the most impressive part of this list. Um, yeah. I I had to lump into three categories as I envisioned myself again on a my friend's couch in the basement watching MTV for hours on end. So I broke it down into three sort of sections. What do I like? What just stuck with me? That's one. Then I went for sort of achievements in filmmaking. What is, you know, technically impressive. And the final one was, what was just a great video? So that's the criteria by which I arrived at this list. Number okay. three, I'm going with partially for nostalgia, but partially because I believe there's a solid narrative and based on the art form, I do not think a video like this would ever be made again. I am going with Alice in Chains, I Stay Away. Yeah, yeah. They, they had a lot of really good videos. They did. Now, that, um, was, that was Claymation, if right. you remember. Yeah. Yep, it was. And the whole story where the kid lets the, the flies out of the jar and the circus sort of crumbles and burns. Just what an impactful story. And again, I just don't think Claymation is happening anymore. No, so, yeah. Um, and, I had to throw that on the list. That was I just wondered weird. if anybody had done any, pick any that were animated in any way. And that, that was my pick. And so, uh, you, so you did pick one. Cool. Absolutely. Then I'm going for artistic achievement. What is just really compelling? And the way this one was shot is absolutely unbelievable, which is credit to the film's director, Michelle Gondry. I'm going with Knives Out by Radiohead. A video done okay. in a single take. Yep. It's just artistically mind-blowing and of course Gondry would go on within the next decade to make eternal sunshine of the spotless mind hey i was in that movie okay. yeah so <laughs> solid director solid performance you haven't seen the video it's just amazing it's the perspective of someone in a hospital bed and it slowly rotates and everything you see is a single take it's remarkable 
And then finally, I got into Spike Jones category, which could be its own list. Uh, there were several up for this position, but I, you guys heard my series on Adam Yauch. This will surprise nobody. I'm going with Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. That, that, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I want to tell you something. Yeah. That was on my list, and I was like, nah, we'll probably pick that one. So and I, I, I did. <laughs> Yes. I mean, just a great video. I mean, we, we talked about that yeah. in our Adam Yauch series. Um, yes. And it, it's a phenomenal, the, like literally we went through a rabbit hole last night where we watched a bunch of Spike Jones videos because Will was unaware that he had actually done the music video for Bjork's It's Oh So Quiet, which yeah, is one of my favorite music videos by know. her. And it was, oh, he did this and oh, he did this and oh, he did that. And he is phenomenal he did praise you uh did he do weapon of choice yes he did that's so, i think he did which 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 is another one that was on my short list it's <sighs> it's it only got scratched because of sabotage it's the only reason and, it didn't make my list and, but it's funny because there are a lot of big you know fairly big time directors who got their start in videos right music videos right oh agreed but yeah. but i think you know spike jones is like the Spielberg of music videos. He, he's kind yeah. of he's kind of the gold standard, I, I would say. And then I would say for a while, David Fincher would probably have been considered yeah. in that realm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. didn't he do Express Yourself? Was that Fincher? I want to say right. it was David Fincher. Oh, or, wow. Or Vogue. No, he didn't do Vogue. That was somebody else. Remember, they were talking about that. Okay. Fincher must have done uh, it. And I, I, may, I may have the, the wrong video. I know he did a lot of them. I want to say he did that one. But he did a lot that were really, really good. Yeah. Back in the day. Now, I'm yeah, really yeah. interested to hear what LDs are, especially now that I took one of hers. <laughs> okay. For those so who... I, 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 I am interested, real quick, because you come at things from a little different angle than I am, because this is your field. What was it about her that made it one of your top three? It was the cinematography, and it was the juxtaposition of the images of him as a young man, um, you know, kind of mingled in with what he was dealing with now at the time. And there's just a moment in Hurt where he picks up the glass of wine and he pours it out and his hand is shaking. and it's trembling, June, yeah. Yeah, and June is on the staircase looking down at him. And for me, it was just one of those images that is just indelibly, it leaves that mark on your brain. Wait. Which, if I if I read correctly, was not originally a thing they planned to shoot. She just happened to walk down the stairs and look at it. Well, whatever it was, it was a very beautiful, happy. So, so what what you saw was a bit, that that look that she has is very earnest. I don't think that that was planned. Yeah, and that's you know honestly, sometimes that makes the best like those accidents, those those just happenstances, like in Godfather when Marlon Brando found a cat and just decided to pet it, or you know they lit. Alan Rickman, they the, when he's in Die Hard, he's being held off the building and they count like one. He's like, I'm going to count to three and then I'm going to let you go. One, two, and then he let him go. So the look on Alan Rickman's face as he falls off the building is a genuine look. Because they really dropped him. Yeah, they, they, they dropped him, you know, maybe like 10 feet onto a crash pad. But oh, wow. it was still like one of those things. So like those moments that are real are so beautiful to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So but I that, think that's... That's one. And then the other thing is there's something about the montage style kind of quick that it goes to towards the end with the imagery from that passion film that I think John did. Yeah. 
and it keeps cutting back to him and to the, those older. There's something about that that just mesmerizes you. But then at the end of it, you're just like you're almost breathless from it or something. It's just it's this that's the that is the by far the best one I've ever seen in my life that I can think of. And I think before I get into my list, uh, yes, I did leave off Black Star mm. specifically because it creeps out my brother. It's a good deal. <laughs> uh, thank God, Thea, Thank you. So I, I left off Black Hole Sun for the same reason because uh-huh. it freaked you out. I I actually did not put that in my worst because I didn't actually want to think about it. Sorry. <laughs> so my list. Now you're probably going to see a a through line with what we chose. My first one and my second one both have something in common, both thematically and by who wrote it. Hmm. So my first one is. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Nice. Oh, great. That's yeah, that's a great one. I it you know the song was written by uh, the Loaf and Jim, and we have, we sadly lost Jim, I believe, last year. And uh, the reason why I love it so much is it tells a beautiful, cohesive story that's very much along the lines of Beauty and the Beast. Mm. And the cinematography is great. The special effects are incredible. The story is awesome. My only complaint is that the woman that did the voice of Miss Loud was not the same woman in the video. And that woman was offered like three record contracts after that music video. Because people thought she could sing. And she 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 could. She was like, no, that's that's another singer, and she's <laughs> great. Miss Loud is incredible. And so for me. It's just one of those pinnacles of storytelling in a music video because it's great. That's it, a great one. It's a great one. Nice. So along that same vein, and this could be considered a guilty pleasure song, but my other one is also written by Jim, possibly taking place in the same location as I would do anything for love, but I won't <laughs> do that, which is it's all coming back to me now yeah. by Celine Dion. Yep. Very, they're very similar. Storytelling theme, yeah. Thematically, but but also there's that they both have motorcycles, both have helicopters, both yep. are in that gothic, you know, um, gothic kind of house that they're all chilling out in. Both women are kind of wearing similar dresses, but uh, the the only thing that makes it's all coming back to me now a little bit dated is the CGI when she's in the spinning room of photos. Oh yeah, it doesn't look that great anymore. But honestly, like that was like 1994, <laughs> so we're gonna give it a pass. Yeah. <laughs> all right, then I don't think anybody would fight me over this, and I have a backstory for this particular song. My number three pick is November Rain. Nice. Yep. Um, I thought I considered that one, I'll be honest with you. But once I thought about it, if I was going to pick a Guns N' Roses video, it probably would have been Welcome to the Jungle. Fair Mm -hmm. enough. Will actually had his own one that he wanted, which was... I like You Could Be Mine with the Terminator. Oh, yeah, where where, where he comes out on Arnold's shoulders. Yeah, that's Uh fine. Okay, so one of the, the things about November Rain was when it came out, when the video came out, I was obsessed with it. Anytime it was on, I would sit from beginning to end and watch this music video. I loved it. Loved it. Now, at the end of that music video, you'll notice that they give credit to it being based on a short story mm. by Del James. I went to the Chester Library 
and tried to find that because there was no internet when we were when that music video came out and this had stuck with me my entire life this short story about Dale James anytime I would try to locate it I couldn't find it and so I really wanted to read the story because I know that you know even though it's based on a short story they probably cut elements out because that that whole music video is beautiful except for the, the only part that I hate is the one jerk at the wedding yeah. who runs through the cake yeah there was that was stupid there was no reason for that but other than that it is a visual masterpiece it's absolutely beautiful and slash in front of the church just rocking out it's awesome so anyway flash forward to me living in california and here's one of those things where it like loops into what we were just talking about which was you know run-ins with celebrities so I'm working at a music, I'm working in a video store in Burbank. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes in, he putters around, picks up a couple of movies, walks up to me. And I'm like, hi, how's it going? He's like, good. I'm like, what's your phone number, sir? And he gives me his phone number. So I tat, 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 tat it in. And I'm like, oh, weird. He's like, what is it? I'm like, your name's Del James. And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, has anybody ever asked you, because there was a, a music video back in the 90s um, where it was a short story based on a guy by Dale James. It was November Rain. I've actually been looking for that short story for a good, you know, 20 years, 10, 10, 15 years, I think it was at this point of my life. And he goes, oh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> and I lost my friggin' mind. Middle of a video store, I think I actually screamed. Like, legit, he's like, what's going on? I'm like, I have been looking for your short story since like 1991. <laughs> and he told me, he, he, he was like, look, I don't even have a copy of it anymore. He said, I had one copy that I had my hands on and I gave it to Slash. <laughs> That's a great reason. And it. Slash lost it. <laughs> and I'm like, Bummer. are you kidding me? All I wanted my whole life was to read that stupid short story. And so he actually, he was like, yeah, if I remember correctly, it was da 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 da. And so he hit a couple points of the short story that don't make it into the music video. So that was really kind of cool that I actually got to talk to Dale James because of all the people that could have wandered into that video store, that was a very cool one for me. Um, yeah. I do. Um, that one is so, that that video is so lavish and so over the top. Um, oh, yeah. There's something about, about um, and, and I, I'm not surprised that you like it because it's basically Axel's Bohemian Rhapsody. Yep. Hmm. Yep. Musically. Um, now, now here's the thing but, though. Axel now yeah, looks yeah. like Axel now. Axel Rose back then looked hot. Axel Rose now looks like that woman that when you get on an airplane and she's got the aisle seat, she's put all of her crap in the middle seat and doesn't <laughs> move it till you get there. Yeah. Or, but no, what he looks like, uh, or in some pictures I've seen, is the the, the that woman from Throw Mama from the Train. <laughs> nice, Anne Ramsey, like the, the 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 mom from Goonies. Yes, yeah, Anne Ramsey. <laughs> yes, Anne Ramsey. Yes, the late Anne Ramsey. Go in. Yeah. There's a wax ball in my ear. Get it out. <laughs> there's um, but yeah, there's a there's a a little bit of a simplicity to um and kind of uh, to Welcome to the Jungle that it it's almost like what's better, Hot for Teacher or Jump. Hmm. Now, now I went with with hot for teacher high concept and and there's a lot of elements to it but jump they made it themselves with like 16 millimeter cameras and and edited it themselves but they fill it with so much energy and personality that it's almost as good 
as the high concept video. And it's kind of the same thing for me with Welcome to the Jungle versus November Rain. It's no. cheaply made. There's no, but the theme is is excellent and it, it's impactful and it punches you when you know he's tied up in front of those TV sets and all those disturbing images are, are on the screens in front of them and stuff. It's really, you know, he's the little farm boy just off the bus. Well, um, just to wrap this section up, I did have one single honorable mention for this. And the reason why I did it is because number one, we're going to cover him this year during this draft. And number two, I know that originally the first music video to feature something like this was the black and white music video for the song cry but i've got to give an honorable mention to michael jackson's black or white yep also starring george went macaulay culkin another bad creation heavy day and and heavy day uh, heavy d and it also had tyra banks the one drawback that I will say, the one thing that I cannot stand because it's not going to make my 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 real list, I hate that it was directed by John Landis. I hate that man so much, and that was. The and there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of dick grabbing in the long form version. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, a little, uh... okay, so that was like an event when Michael Jackson stuff that. came Absolutely. out. It was an event, like people gathered around. It was like they would premiere it on CBS after like a TV show and the, the first video, the original run of that video, I think is something like 11 minutes long, but he grabs his crotch no less than 19 times, smashes a car and then turns into a Panther. Yeah. Into so, Panther, yeah. yeah, yeah. Got a little weird at the so, end. There's, there's one uh, video that I'm kind of surprised nobody picked, which was criminal by Fiona Apple. It's a very oh, yeah. cool music. I love the lighting you guys know i'm a sucker for a mm. story and b it's, it's very it's very provocative mm. it's, it's it's almost like exploitative it, you feel it, dirty watching it you do it's like watching it's like watching porn where you know the, you know that somebody's doing it against their will or something it's very very okay i'm going it's to, very forced creepy but it's but it, it's it's brilliant in that way it's uh, th- there is a documentary and i know it's going to sound stupid when i say it but there's a documentary that was done by i believe geraldo rivera called willowbrook and when they snug they snuck cameras into this asylum called willowbrook at the time and i think it was in upstate new york but they had to give it a secondary light source it didn't come from like like they weren't lights on in this place and so they had to use like flashlights and exterior lights to illuminate these patients and i kind of get that same feeling of voyeurism and like i shouldn't be watching this kind of stuff because that lighting looks very like like an exploitative film mm-hmm. and the that that sound the like the way that sounds like it's almost being played in reverse is really creepy and then she squeezes the dish soap and it like floats out and she watches that's the that's i mean let's be honest that's the money shot that ends it right mm-hmm. i mean that's it, i mean it's mimicking porn i mean that i've always assumed that's what that was supposed to represent yeah and i mean the thing is i feel like fiona apple is an incredible vocalist incredible songwriter and the only thing that kind of dampened her ability to have staying power in the public zeitgeist 
was the fact that she kept yelling about Maya Angelou and being excruciatingly political before it was cool. I think if she was and, she was doing that now, it would have been accepted. But like back Yeah, then, but and I think it doesn't help to have album titles that are like five hundred words long, like that yeah. one was. Where yeah. it's like, well the, the the title of this new album is a poem I wrote. That's a it's a, a twenty line stanza and I'm like, that's the title of your album? Really? Yeah. Should you call it like I'm Fiona Apple? Yeah. That be would like, be that was sticking people's heads way better. Be like Tori Amos, yeah. who just named it Little Earthquakes. <laughs> yes, Little Earthquakes. Oh, yeah, Tori was great too. Um, oh god. You know, hey, hey, I, I want to point something out. Nobody picked a Madonna video. Correct. Yep. Who's well, who's I was, I was actually I was very much on the fence about adding like a prayer mm. because I did love it. It was that that was a great one and and it's, I almost I, I considered express yourself. Yeah. Nobody picked George Michael. Oh yeah. Well, me. I mean, Faith was not a great music video. It's a great song, but it's just him. No, like, but free, no, but free, no, but Freedom ninety is a great freedom. Yeah. Father figure always rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, for, oh no, father figure is is it falls into the drive by the cars. It's creepy. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and again, it feels it feels a little intrusive. And yeah, I know I actually really like Father Figure. That's a great. But Freedom ninety, where he blows up the jukebox and sets his jacket on fire, and <laughs> Christy Carlington and Cindy Crawford are singing. You know what lip syncing? He he refused to appear in it. Um, I should have said like also taking nobody picked it, but taking stuff off the table would be one shots because inherently they're the worst music videos. Not a tracking shot. Not like. Like Knives Out? Not, yeah. not like Knives Out. I'm talking mm -hmm. about like um, the one by Bruce Springsteen. Oh, Beautiful Disguise. Beautiful yeah. Disguise. Which, um, when, which, which is my favorite Bruce song ever. By the way. But like nothing compares to you because it's just her face. Like, yeah, there is an emotion that it evokes, but I don't think that it is. I don't think the, Al the Alanis one. You've already won me over in spite of me what, what song feet. is that head over feet head over feet it's just a, a one shot and i don't i i've, I've and i think, I've never liked that one i think drake had one and some terrence Treya darby had one i just don't think i don't think it takes a lot to do it i think i mean like basically i think what the idea is that you're stripped down you're naked and all you have is the emotion of mm. your face in the song but like at that point why even make a music video so I just, I like as a whole, if I had to get rid of an entire genre, it would be the one shot face shot. And I, I, I would welcome it. And neither will nor I pick Money for Nothing, which surprised me. Uh, yeah. Is, I can't, I can't pick it because it says the F word in. And, well, it's also, it does look a little dated now, but for the time. Oh my God. For the time, it was incredible. For the time, the most was, incredible thing in the history of the world for yeah. its time, other other than maybe Sledgehammer. Yes. Um, yeah. and and I also avoided being totally self indulgent and picking um Girlfriend by Matthew Sweet, which only I have seen. Which, by the way, I also would not have picked Land of Confusion for several reasons, and uh, I could have chosen you know basically all of Genesis, but I really like Mike and the Mechanics. This is my obligatory once per episode. I hate Phil Collins. That's why. Oh Phil my Collins. god! And everybody go, everybody go watch uh, "Girlfriend" by Matthew Sweet. You'll thank me later. <laughs> and then your your final topic of the night, Mr. Will, and our final topic. Yes, um, we'll throw out a few ones here, and this is of course musicians who died before they hit it big. 
Now, there's a few on this list, and I think LD, you sort of tipped, <laughs> tipped your hand there. Sorry. Um, but yeah, these are musicians who basically were just on the way up. They were on the way up, and then tragedy struck, and they never got to see their fame. So I guess we'll start with LD. That's, uh, that's appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I guess uh, big shocker, guys. I'm going uh, Ava Cassidy. Of course. So, uh, like I said, I had first heard her in the movie Love Actually. It was a song called Songbird. And it was, her voice is angelic. It was beautiful. I loved it. I went to go buy, you know, what I assumed was a catalog of at least three, four albums and found out that she was dead. Yeah. I found out that she had passed away. Even I, at that point, did not know that she had passed away. That, that album has reached six-time platinum in England and is certified platinum in the U.S. And by the time that had happened, she had been gone for 12 years. So she died without a recording contract, and her cause of death was a malignant melanoma that had spread to her lungs and her bones. So she had it removed in 1993, but failed to follow up with her doctor. And in the months afterwards... Uh, by 1996, she was experiencing a pain in her hip. When she had an x-ray, the doctors learned that the cancer had spread. Oof. She started aggressive treatment therapy, but it was too late, and she died just two months later. She gave her last performance less than a month before she died. Uh, she had covered, uh, she had her head covered in a black velvet cape, and she used a walker to get out on stage. And of course, she sang the one of the saddest songs. Everybody's like, that's so happy. No, it's one of the most depressing songs ever. She sang What a Wonderful World. Hmm. So uh, she was she was one in a million. Her voice was absolutely angelic. Now, the next one, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just pick, I, I'm I'm going to just say this out loud because if you guys know, I love Sublime. And mm. we already did an entire episode on Bradley. So he's actually one on my list. I absolutely Bradley? love Sublime. Now, I uh, went with Jeff Buckley. Good choice. Who actually, you know, you would think, oh, drug overdose, issues with it. No, he actually drowned in the Mississippi River. It's like a boating accident, wasn't it? He jumped into the water yeah. fully clothed. Oh, jeez. And... If you guys don't know, Hallelujah is one of those songs. Let me, okay. <laughs> I'm going to school you guys really quick on Hallelujah. It is not a Christmas song. People need to stop singing it at Christmas specials. I'm going to explain to you guys, the song Hallelujah is it's about, about growing. Yep. It is not a Christmas song considering, you know, Mary was a virgin. And you can do that on Christmas. So, but... I mean, yeah, you can do all you want. But, but the thing is, he... He and his friend just took a detour. Unless, unless and, you're getting your, your stuck and stuffed a different way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, boy. So. You've kept me up late. I'm sorry. So, anyway, he jumped into the Mississippi fully clothed, and a passing motorboat sucked him into the water, and he never resurfaced. Oh, jeez. His body was found six days later by a passenger on a boat. Wow. So six years after that, Grace was named one of Rolling Stone's 500 greatest albums of all time. So those are, I know we're supposed to only pick two, but I picked three because uh, one was a slight detour. But yeah, no, Ava Cassidy, beautiful singer, Jeff Buckley, incredibly moving. And then you guys know my love for Sublime. So those were mine. Ta-da. 
And tie in there, Buckley, I think his version of Hallelujah got a lot of publicity on American Idol, if I'm not mistaken. It did. Yeah. It did. But I, like, it's one of those things where it's just like, we. I think in the next conversation that we need to have, we definitely need to incorporate songs that don't mean what you think they mean yes. for the love of God or music not to play at your wedding. Oh, jeez. Stop it. <laughs> All right, TJ, you are up. Go T. Okay. Okay, uh, just I'll, I'll blow through a couple real quick. Um, I, I, I didn't write any down, but I had a couple in my head. Ian Curtis from Joy Division. Yeah, um, yeah. I think would be yep. one that immediately comes to mind. Uh, I, I actually was thinking about Jeff Buckley too. LD. So, somebody we uh, did an episode on uh, last year, Robert Johnson. Yep. Yes, yep. absolutely. Um, yep. And and in his case, there's a big old gap between when he died and when anybody had ever heard of him. Johann Sebastian uh, Bach. Yeah, the yeah, Bach actually would be on that list, and then there are people who they were known before they died, but they had giant posthumous hits. Some of their biggest hits came after they were dead, like Janis Joplin. Per, like the album Pearl came out after she died. Correct. Um, but somebody, uh, somebody we mentioned in our last series, Roy Orbison, Mystery Girl came out after Roy Orbison died. Yeah. Uh, and there are several, there are a couple other like that I could think of. I, th- I want to say Doc of the Bay came out after Otis Redding died. Correct, Otis Redding, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. And so that would be another one. And then uh, American Five. Johnny Cash was very, as well known as a singer could be, but American Five is just a badass album. And that came out after he died. So that yeah. would be a couple of entries from me. Well, Great. well, what do you have to say? I, I think I'll close it out with a nice springboard to our next series. And that, of course, is someone I believe is sort of the Again, perfect example of on the way up and never quite got to see it happen. And that is, of course, Jim Croce. Uh, Croce's songs, I think, are timeless. I think we can say that. Yep. Um, Still used today. Soundtracks, movies, all over the place. Uh, TJ, you and I have discussed at length the I Got a Name album, which I think I said, point out the bad song to me. And you can't do it. (laughs) I, I was unable to do so because it, it doesn't exist that's why uh so yeah jim croce is actually going to be the subject of our next heavy hitter series passed away at age 30 in 1973 due to a plane crash and of course we're going to go more into detail on that in our next episode all right so okay. that a little, little bit of little bit of sweep up stuff real quick um our friends at the yeah uh-huh podcast that we had a lot of fun visiting with on their podcast oh, yeah. They actually did an entire episode centered around the hellish exercise of trying to do the Wilbury set list that we did in Paul Lundy Tom Petty. So I'm never doing that knows, again. Everybody go go uh, go check that out. They're just Google Yeah Uh-huh podcast and you'll find it. Nice. And we'll, we'll, they, they are very active on our uh, Facebook as well. So like you can hook up with them there as and, well. Like we, we really want to thank everybody who submitted stuff to talk about. Great stuff. Like I said, this is totally this episode's totally unedited i and 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 for the most part there's no script i have literally everything i said for the last two hours is out of out of mr tj's noggin <laughs> yeah i don't think <laughs> i, I wrote a few things down i told them at the outset hey um i had a few things written down but i left my notebook in my car and i don't feel like going to get it so i'm just gonna yeah. wing it <laughs> don't forget it yeah i mean for the most part those are just like us talking so thank you so much for you know hanging with us on this episode uh i know probably at times you're just like guys shut up but you stuck around so thank you for that uh we might try to make this a little bit more of a regular thing where Mm -hmm. we just have like one subject that we talk about 
each month, I think that would make it less, less, less slap nuts and crazy and you know, a little bit more, you know, form thought ish, whatever that means. Uh, it's also 10 more days. form thought. <laughs> you know what? It is, it is 10 15. I am tired, but uh, you know, it, the thing is, we had a lot of fun talking about this and this is pretty much our Christmas. So when we go home to South Carolina, the two boys that were that are on this podcast can sit up till like four or five a.m. <laughs> just talking about music and just picking a subject and talking about it. So we truly do love this, and so I hope this was as fun for you as it was chaotic. Because yeah, this is kind of a, a crazy episode to step into. Um, please understand that everything that we talk about comes from a place of love and respect. These people are some of the most pivotal people in our history. And just because they made it onto a particular list, um, i.e. not greatest music videos or any of the other lists, uh, does not disparage what they have done with their career. <laughs> yes. This all comes from a place of love and respect, except for whoever the dick nose was that edited Night Moves. You suck. <laughs> if you cut out the Chopsticks version from Manfred Man's Earth Band's Blinded by the Light, um, you can go to hell. These are the people that watch the commercial cuts of Lord of the Rings. I don't believe anything they have to say. No. I did edit an episode of Lord of the Rings, though. You edited the entire Hobbit, the one movie. Yeah, if you guys are interested, I actually edited The Hobbit, which is uh, about, what, 14 hours into a three-hour movie. I got bored one day, and that's how I chose to spend my time. I woke up and chose to be petty. <laughs> Speaking of which, I hope you guys enjoyed our episode, uh, our actually series on Tom Petty. Nice transition. That is that was such a great series to do. Thank you so much for for TJ for that. Coming up thank next, thank you very much. Me, thank so, you, and thank, and thank you to, to everybody because the the feedback we got was tremendous for for, for the entire five weeks. We that did. was awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. like if you do a an artist that people like, they listen to your podcast. It's yeah, weird, it's weird, weird, isn't it? I know. Well, so, are you saying it? Are you saying it wasn't because of um? me no it's never about <laughs> no it was i don't flatter myself into thinking it was anything other than people love tom petty but but bo boy judging from the social media feedback we got they really love tom petty because it was oh penis, Whoa, penis. Okay. yeah the metrics were like like li literally off the charts thousand plus percent increases in some cases so like thank thank y'all so much we we it's it's nice to know people are out but not are not only out there, but that maybe think we don't completely suck. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, hey, it is. Uh, I, I call that a win. Um, so that being completed, coming up next, I know that we've spoken about it a couple times, but our next series is actually going to be about Jim Croce. Yep. That is going to be headed up by Mr. Will the Thrill. We will be returning to our normal, more organized <laughs> series next week. Uh, if you have anything you guys want to say to us, please, if you if you have something that you want to weigh in on uh, about any of the things that we've talked about, like best music videos, worst music videos, uh, someone that you really love that has overcome something in their life to reach stardom. If you have a really cool run-in, I know some of you guys have some, some amazing run-ins with celebrities, which are so much fun. Share all of this with us. On our social media, I'll try to remember to post some of the pictures that we talked about, but our social stuff is if you uh, think that we're doing an awesome job and 
you want to throw us some cash, you can do that at patreon.com backslash rock and roll heaven. You can find us on Twitter at rock and roll LT. Our Instagram is rock and roll heaven LT. Oh, you can find us on Facebook at rock and roll heaven pod. Still not going to say our website. <laughs> you get one a year and that was it. You already got it. Uh, you can email us at rock and roll heaven LT at gmail.com. And please make sure to check out all the other awesome Pantheon podcasts at pantheonpodcast.com and i would like to take just a second of your time to say that our hearts our thoughts and our prayers are with the good people of louisiana Mm -hmm. and mississippi and lake tahoe as they deal with the things that they're going through right now um from what i understand they are completely evacuating out lake tahoe right now and Ida is currently still at the point where we're recording this, raging through uh, the Gulf Coast. So guys, please, please just know that our hearts, our thoughts, our love, and our prayers are with you guys for a, a speedy bounce back. We understand that tragedy touches uh, people's lives every single day. And that's kind of what this podcast is about. But please know you always have us. And if anybody needs that would yeah, that's and that hits close to home because that's LD's um, birth state. Yeah. We, I have not heard whether or not Slidell is okay or not. Someone posed that question on mm-hmm. Facebook last night, and it really it it hurt. That's my that's where I was born. That's my home. Um, yeah, my home, my my birth state, and I still have so much love and affection for a place that I know so little about. So. You know, anytime I see like something like this, especially with like Katrina, she knows she knows that she likes king cakes and Drew Brees, but <laughs> that's fair. And ghosts, I do love ghosts. <laughs> and, and those, yep. Yes, yes, yep, yep. So, uh, with that being said, we love you guys always. We we do the show for you guys. Uh, so please just come, you know, hang out with us on our social medias any kind of input we're going to try to make this more of like a normal thing because it is a nice little break from all the dreary down stuff that we talk about every episode so uh from all of us here at rock and roll heaven all you guys out there i hope you have a terrific week we love you all we will see you at the beginning of uh, the jim croce series and uh tj too would you like to say something to the audience bye buddy all right will the thrill Thank you, everyone. And in the words of Frank Sinatra, the best is yet to come. Oh, all right, guys. We love you. We will catch you next week. And uh, to close out the show, I decided that the end song was going to be something that really spoke to me. So we're going to close this show by playing Manford Man's Earth Band's Blinded by the Light. That's the song. All right. Good night, everybody. Everybody.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 